Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddy the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man Podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man Podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Unregimented number 237. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. Happy anniversary, everybody. Is it our anniversary? It's oh, the, the anniversary for Mr. Muller. The one year as of, well, it's... It's an interesting anniversary because this is not one year since the investigation started, but this is one year since the appointment of of Mueller. So I don't know why that is specifically significant. I mean, certainly when Mueller was appointed, there was this idea that this couldn't just go away, that this investigation was going to continue, that that it was more real in some way. But uh, yeah, one year in, thoughts... <laughs> How are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, that that is the, the bigger question, especially this week. I mean, greater than just the idea that this is one year into the investigation, that marker is supposed to mean something. There's this story going around of, of Giuliani saying that he was told that, uh, that Mueller's team told him that they couldn't even indict a sitting president which is, it's true that something that's never happened before in history, right? Uh, Nixon stepped down before charges could be brought against him. So it, it does beg the, the question in a lot of people's minds, what's the point of the investigation? Yeah, I mean, if we're not sure of the end result, what's, I, I tell you, what's the point? Well, let's look like at it in this aspect. The... One year in, and a lot of people are saying nothing, right? Nothing has, has come of this. Whether you're saying that as a Trump supporter and saying this is all a witch hunt, or whether you're saying it as a liberal who would like to see something more than what you've seen from this investigation. And, and meanwhile, I mean, we've had five, uh, five arrests of American citizens but charges brought against, was it, 13 Russians? I mean, who knows what's even going to happen with that. I mean, with any situation where you, you try and go after somebody in a foreign country. But uh, so far, we have seen something from this investigation. I mean, what? What I just described. Oh, you mean the, the, you the lawsuit where the DNC is suing Russia? Yeah, have fun with that. No, I'm talking about people like Paul Manafort that we've actually seen arrested that's actually going to be probably convicted of federal crimes. So, I, I mean, everyone's got it stuck in their head that the end results of this, that the, 
that the investigation was started with the end result being get Trump out of office. I mean, that's what a lot of people want this investigation to be about, but the investigation's about what it's about. It's about a lot of shady shit going down and trying to unpack all of that. So, uh, I'm I mean, but I'm of the opinion you, you could find that in any presidential campaign, quite honestly. All right. That's so you, Billy, you, Jeff, and, and W, and Obama did everything above board? No. They just didn't get caught, or they just didn't have the, the ire of, of the American people, so to speak, working against them. I don't trust any politician, man, quite honestly. Like, this right, is just I, the first one we've bothered looking into, quite, if you want my honest is opinion. It? Is it? I mean, that's not true. It's it's not the first president that we've it, that's been investigated. No, but if if you if if you are of the opinion that this is all about shady shit in the election, yes, it is. Did we look into W? No. Did we look into Billy Jeff? No. Did we look into H W? No. Did we look into Reagan? No. Did we look into Obama? No. You think everything was above board in all those presidential campaigns? Come on now. We're talking about a system where the, the lobbyists with the most money wins. Certainly. I mean, well, yes, Trump is not the first president to come along and be corrupt in some fashion. This is just but, the first president where we're clutching our pearls that this guy got elected, at least in our lifetime. So honestly, something must, have, something must be wrong since this guy got elected. Yeah, we're, we're looking for the trap door on this. Where's the, the, the escape hatch? The trap is us. That's, I, that's, I've been saying this since he got elected. We were the trap door. We got hacked. Dude, we are the problem. Right. And, well, it's the thing. I mean, we don't... <laughs> you're assuming that this investigation is about tampering with the election. That's, and that, that's it, what we were told a year ago It's what it was about. By who? Who is telling you this? Unless you're, you're being told this by the actual FBI investigation, then I don't see how you could know for sure what the investigation is about. The investigation is about a, mostly a bunch of very strange money transactions. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be about shady shit in the election, correct? This, it's... It's all surrounding the election. But nobody sat down and said, okay, FBI, this election looks really weird. I want you to investigate it and find, it, find out what happened with the, this election. It just so happened that all these things that they were investigating kept leading them back to the election. A lot of issues revolving around the election. So the investigation is not to get Trump out of office. It's not to find out what happened with the election. It's to find well, out where to all this money is going and if a foreign power is influencing our government. That's what the investigation is about. And it, it is a, there's a success, a level of success that may not involve getting people out of the higher offices that you, that, that some people might want to see out of office, like Donald Trump and others. You know, may, maybe this is as high as it goes. Does that mean it's a failure? According to Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt, it says it is a United States law enforcement investigation of Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign and any Russian or other foreign interference in the election, including exploring any possible links or coordination between Trump's campaign and the Russian government. 
and any matters that arose or may arise directly from the investigation. That's become our understanding of the investigation, but I'm telling you that's not how investigations start. That may, that may be the point that they're at now with the investigation, but it starts with, you know, why are these people meeting? Why is this money changing hands? What are all these people doing and building the which bigger picture could, from there? Which you, in my opinion, you could ask of any presidential campaign. To me, this is it, okay. like this whole... So you're arguing me, that no president should be investigated then? That no, all I'm politicians arguing, are corrupt to some level, that there's no point in, in bringing charges against somebody if you can't indict them. So there's no point I'm in investigating presidents. I'm arguing that this campaign probably did nothing different than any other presidential campaign, and we are butthurt as a country that the guy we got, the guy that got elected, is the person we didn't want elected. Do you think that past presidential races involve this level of foreign involvement? Yes, I do not think this is the first time. Absolutely. All of a sudden, in 2016, Russia starts in. Yeah. All of a sudden, 2016. Now that now they're going to get involved. No way. Well, you know, it is interesting that the more information that we find out about how uh, Russia manipulated Facebook and other social media, and we saw the actual numbers this last week. I don't remember exactly what they were, but it was based on percentage of, of this misinformation campaign that they were doing. How much of this was specifically about a story about Hillary or a story about Trump? And how much of it was a story about racism, police shootings? Facebook was around in 2012. It was. It think was this is their first time. It. It was predominantly. It was like five percent stories that were specifically about the candidates running and the race, and trying to you know drive a wedge between those people. And the rest of it, the other 95 percent, was just spreading stories about things that they knew people were going to use as divisive exactly. issues. Like I said a year and a half ago, they figured out we're stupid and they exploited it. They figured right. out we are easily swayed. Right, and a lot, a lot of people think of, well, when they think of Russians' involvement in, in the election, they think of stories like Pizzagate, you know, that Hillary was running a, a child porn or child uh, prostitution ring out of a pizzeria. And... No, it was mostly those stories that you love sharing about somebody having a fight on the street, about somebody being racist. Excuse me. Like I just, I just think Russia figured out we are easily exploitable, and they exploited the fuck out of us. And again, I don't if if they're looking for a, a check, you know, that has Donald Trump's name on it, written out to you know Mr. Russian Federation, they're dude, like. That's the other thing that in the last year and a half, like, do we, this, I don't think he's as dumb as everybody thinks he is. I mean, even if that shit did go down, you think he's going to be dumb enough to let a smoking gun like that stay out there? Fuck no. Well, that's, that's interesting too. I mean, but even, even trying to cover your tracks can give you away, right? We found out about, remember the... Uh, the information that Michael Avenatti ended up with about Michael Cohen's transactions, his uh, his little shell company and the money that he was receiving from AT&T and Novartis and all these people, and why was he receiving it? 
that all came from uh, what was, uh, what do they call it, suspicious activity reports, I think. Basically, when banks have to report transactions over $10,000. Yeah. And that had to, that was leaked by somebody who, I, you know, we don't know the identity of this person, but they were had access to this information and decided to leak it because, not because of the the suspicious activity reports that he could get his hands on, but because of specifically two transactions that were all of a sudden deleted from the system, just disappeared. But, so, again, you don't think if you look that deep in any former president's campaign, you aren't going to find shit like that? Suspicious, uh, transi- suspicious no, transactions? No. Not to this level, and I don't think that you do either. And I don't say that lately. Bullshit! I'm not then why why would you even vote for anyone, Chris? If you think that everyone is equally as corrupt, well, uh, first of all, you can't have it both ways. If Trump is this smart, then why is why is he left himself so exposed? If he's doing the same thing that every president prior so to him has done, they found they they found literally nothing in a year. It's. Look, we can't keep going over the same ground. We're just wearing a track here. But we've already gone over what they found so far. Indicting five American citizens is not nothing. If none of those American citizens is Donald Trump, what are we doing? Not what you want the FBI to be doing, obviously, because anything less than getting Donald Trump out of office is failure. I mean, that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's pretty much kind of seems why they started this whole thing. So we think he got in the office under shady circumstances, and we need to figure out these shady circumstances and get him out of there. All right. I mean, <laughs> that's that's not the investigation. It may come to that, but we won't know until we know. And even if it does come to that, it may, it, it may mean absolutely nothing. Well, yeah, it is, as long as... Congress is majority Republican. It all equals a big fat fucking zero, because they're going to protect their guy. And shit, even if they don't protect their guy, just go back to 1998. Republican Congress impeached Bill Clinton. He finished his term. So I, my whole point, I guess, is where is all of this going? Is this is again? Are we are we just playing Ralphie Wiggum here? Hey, I'm helping. Like if this isn't going anywhere, like what what are we doing? I can't follow you. It, that. This idea, unless you can guarantee success, you're wasting your time. This idea that uh, unless unless Trump's removed from office, this is all a waste of resources. It's all worth knowing. It's all worth investigating. It's we have to. What is one of the habits of it's it's an old book that's been out for a while. The habits of highly successful people begin with the end in mind. What is what is your end game? What are you what are you what are you going for here? I guess it's my whole thing is this whole year it's been murky. What, are, did, what, look, what, what is our end result? Look, if you have a murder on your hands, it's pretty cut and dry. You go, what's your end result? To find the person who shot this other person, right? That's your end result that you want. But you don't go, oh, I pretty much know just by my instinct that this person is guilty of shooting this other person. So my investigation is all going to be involved in trying to get this person for the murder that 
I already know that they committed. That's, I mean, I, do investigations happen like that? I'm sure they do. We hear stories all the time about people sometimes uh, even wrongly convicted, but you know the, the police have their suspect and they're not going to let go of it. But that's not how justice works ideally, and it's not how this investigation works. Okay, so Paul Manafort goes to jail. What changes? Okay, <laughs> okay so a murderer these, goes these to jail. What changes? That, Did people these stop five getting people killed? That have been indicted. Who go to jail? What, what are changes? you really? What are you arguing? That that people should just get away with with crimes because it's hard to to put them in jail because it's hard to investigate. No, I'm again. I'm arguing. What is what is your end? What is your end game? Get criminals out of politics. Yeah. Good luck. Because there's 435 other people plus 100 other people that you're going to have to investigate, right, too. That are all as equally as corrupt as Trump and his administration. I mean, they take money from lobbyists. Doesn't matter what color their tie is. Okay. Isn't that technically bribing? I mean, my whole point is if you're going to go after one, then you better... This is going to be a long-ass investigation. Because, I mean, if you get one, you think there's just going to be just one? Come on now. Just one what? Just one corrupt person in politics. Well, <laughs> they've already brought charges against five, so it's not okay. just one. That's what I'm saying. It's not about just the one. It's not about just the president. Okay. Then, then, then what are we doing? If it's not uh, about just the president, what I'm are we doing? I'm not going to even justify that an answer to that question anymore. I can't. There's only I can't keep finding different ways to answer the question. What are we doing? If you don't know, then just I don't know what to tell you. Because it seems like we don't know what we're doing. It just seems like we're looking for shit. You it don't know because you're not on the F you're not in the FBI. You're not investigating <laughs> it. Neither are you. Right. I'm not arguing this based on knowing what the FBI is doing or what information they have. Again, dude, if these five people go to jail, what changes? What do you want to change? What's your definition of change? I'm not. What would you like to see happen? Well, if we're looking for Russian interference and improprieties in the 2016 campaign, wouldn't it mean Donald Trump gets removed from office? Like you say, you've said it. We're looking for wrongdoing, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. We've we've indicted five people. They go to jail. What changes? Who knows? They go to jail. That's about it. Right. And and you put a murderer in jail. What changes? Did it, does, do people stop dying? Well, no, murder, but murders are going to happen anyway. The police can't stop them. Look. How many years have they been putting people in jail and there's still people out on the streets killing people? What's the point? Let's just let them all out. Why are you arresting these people who are killing other people? It doesn't stop murders from happening. No, but if you're going after someone that you think is a murderer, but you put five other people that aren't the murderer in jail, did you really catch the murderer? Aren't the murderer or, all, or guilty of other crimes? I mean, that's how the legal system works. If they're investigating your friend and they find shit on you, they're not just going to go, oh, that's, that's not our case. We're not going to investigate those possible crimes. Okay, well, we're year in. He's still president. There's been five people indicted, and it don't take much to indict people. So there's been no convictions. You know, at this point, Manafort may go to jail. It's not a guarantee. Uh, it's... <laughs> I wouldn't bet on him not going to jail. Well, he was arrested when? November? October? It's May? I, what are we waiting on? 
what are you basing this? How long should this normally take? Well, I know if you, me, or Rich get arrested for something, we're going to have our court date in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, but it's hard to really compare that. I mean, what? Well, it's the same legal system. No, <laughs> no, it depends very much on what we got arrested for. If I got arrested from stealing from my employer and they found the money, they found what I stole in my house. That's a fairly cut and dry case. Yeah. That's going to go to court and get over with. If they find that I'm in some huge international money laundering scheme, no, I will not have a court date next week. Well, then what were you arrested for? <laughs> what do you mean? All I'm saying <laughs> is that there's, there's, not every crime gets you an immediate court date. If you're involved in something bigger, then it's going to take a while to prosecute. Okay, man. So, like, low-level drug dealer is arrested, and they want to get to the big guy. They're just going to sit on low-level drug dealer for, like, a year? Sure, why not? No, they're going to fucking prosecute him and put him in jail. They're going to get him for what they got him on now. They're going to maybe try to cut a deal. You know, the, if the guy's lawyer's smart, he's going to try to cut a deal with him. I guess that's that's been my other thing with Manafort. If he's so fucking guilty, how come his lawyer has been like, all right, we got a whole bunch of shit, let's make a deal? If Manafort is the smoking gun, like, it's. Dude, why is he on trial yet? It's been six months. Fuck, dude. Cosby's second trial took, what, two weeks? Well, part of, part of the, the idea of, of prosecuting Manafort is to get him to flip on the president, right? Well, what. what He's, he got arrested six months ago. What are they waiting on? What do you mean, what are they waiting on? Do you, what, that's what they've been doing. They, they present him with charges, and I'm sure they've also presented him with the idea that, hey, we have ways to make this all go away, too, but you've got to make a deal with us. And, you know, the Manafort's lawyers are probably going, eh, well, let's just see. I mean, maybe they have this, maybe they don't. Maybe the president will pardon you for all this, and it won't matter well, anyway, then, so just well, hold out. in that out. scenario, he has shitty lawyers. You're going to just let your client sit in jail and go, uh, let's see what happens. Uh, well, he's on house arrest, first of all. He's not in jail. And Dude, you know yeah, what I mean. Come on now. There's nothing abnormal about this. I don't know what your point is. My point is it all seems like an elaborate fucking ruse, quite honestly, to make it look like we're looking into something. Like, if you had, like... And they probably do have shit on Manafort, but at the same time, if you had such a smoking gun on the guy, what the fuck are you waiting to put him to trial for? If you have so much proof on the guy, what are you waiting on? To get him to flip. You don't think he'd have done that by now? You think he? You don't think he? Hey, I'm tired of standing, staying in my house and wearing this fucking ankle bracelet. Here, here's all the information I got. Uh, no, I mean, I think it's apparent by his current circumstances that he hasn't. Okay, what if that were you? Wouldn't you, if you were sitting on shit that could get you out of that, wouldn't you flip, like, immediately? Like, fuck this, I'm not going down for this guy, here's everything I know. Uh, or would you just sit around and wait? Like, eh, the lawyer said to hang out for eight months on house arrest. With the idea that this could all be pardoned away? I mean, I don't know what I would do. Take the deal with the FBI and lose my reputation or, you know, possibly salvage it by standing true to the, you know, the president and receiving a pardon for it. But 
that's that's a, that's his options. Yeah, but we're also in this new crazy society where the court of public opinion seems to matter more than the court of law. You would think your reputation would be fucked as soon as you got indicted? Uh, no, not with Republicans who are standing true to the president. I mean, if he wants, if he flips on the president, he doesn't really have much of a career left over, right? He doesn't now. He could if he think, if he refuses think, to flip on the president. Faces charges, receives a pardon, he could be a martyr, and people would probably be scrambling to have them on his camp on their campaign. Yeah, but the key word in everything you just said is if. If what? If he flips. It's just if. Yeah. So. Or, or if he gets it's an pardoned. unknown, right? Why is that a no, key word? These are unknowns. These are things that haven't, his haven't happened yet. reputation is trashed as soon as he gets indicted. You think anyone in politics after this, even if he gets pardoned, is touching him with a 10-foot pole? Fuck no. You're poison at this point. Like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with you. You've been, you know, you've been indicted in the past for shady shit. I am not getting anywhere near you because I want to get elected. Like, doesn't matter no. what color tie they're wearing, blue or red, it's, you're, you're done, dude. Your reputation is done. You've been indicted for shady campaign finance shit. No one else is coming near you ever again. Yeah, but if you, if you can paint the whole thing as a witch hunt and that Manafort's just a victim, I think there's still a career for him to be salvaged there. Yeah, I don't. Dude, I think you're done. You've been indicted. By the federal government, it's all over for you. Go work in the private sector. You're done in politics. At least if they're smart. Because you don't, you don't want anyone near you that has any, any whiff of any impropriety. Whether you got indicted or, or, or cleared or not. So, uh, Rich had to step out. He's not feeling well. Uh, I figured that. So, was it me and you? Yes, sorry. Um, all right, let's let's talk about something else then. Yeah. Um, let's start hypocrisy. That's always a great subject. I <laughs> I don't know how liberals don't get whiplash from how quick they turn on this shit because the 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 recent controversy over the the statement about John McCain is what I'm referring to, and. This idea, I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard it by now, but, you know, they were cabinet meeting talking about, you know, if they had enough votes to get something passed, and John McCain's name came up, and I can't remember who it was that, that was reported to have said it, but it was leaked that the person said, well, John McCain doesn't matter, he's dying anyway. Right? Wasn't wrong. Well, Isn't he pushed 80 and has cancer? Nobody's fighting them on their facts. <laughs> That's not the issue at hand. The issue at hand is that people think that it was a, a, a callous statement that deserves an apology. Now, well, it seems like, I, it, I think it was only like, what, two weeks ago that we had the, the uh, correspondence center, the White House correspondence center, right, where... Uh, all the conservatives got really upset over the jokes that were told about Sarah Huckabee Sanders and how can you go after a woman and she was she was making fun of her one of her own she's a woman traitor and 
liberals were like, oh, wow, you conservatives can't take a joke. You know, and she, she told some pretty serious, like, dark jokes. <laughs> I enjoyed how she stood her ground and said, fuck you, they're jokes. Right. It's not a direct quote. That's pretty much what she said. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, here we are. There's a, an off-color joke made about John McCain dying, and liberals are now offended by jokes. <laughs> and a, an apology must be made for this joke. I just First hope they're all, ready for eight for. I hope they're ready for eight years of Trump, because I mean this this is it's kind of, this is the kind of shit that's going to lead to him getting reelected or somebody worse. Well, I don't know. I mean, but both sides are doing it equally, though. You know, it's it's not the outrage isn't based on what words were used or what tone. It was based purely on who is subject matter. Was it somebody that I like or agree with or not? That's what that's what uh, this outrage is being based on. Uh, it's, to me, though, it's oh god, whatever. It's going to sound like I'm defending the right, but the right's just taking a. The right's just been taking pages out of the left's playbook the last year and a half, quite honestly. Like, okay, cool, you guys are going to do it? Well, we're going to do it, too. Now, is it right? Mm. No. But, I mean, it's, it, it be, in my opinion, that's well, what's yeah. been happening. Well, no, but they're running based on this idea that they are not the snowflake liberals, right? That these people, these mm. liberals are getting offended by everything, and... Uh, and and they're really just spineless. That's not us. We're not concerned about identity politics. And and yet we see just as much of their own form of identity politics as the as liberals have. They're fighting just, fire with fire, man. That's the way I look at it. Because they certainly didn't seem to do it before a year and a half ago. And if they did, it was from the extreme, you know, the Tea Party fuckheads. Yeah, but I don't buy that this is some plan. Like, oh, we can play the identity politics game better than liberals. No, I'm not saying it's a plan. I'm just saying it's a tactic. Like, okay, cool. You're going to do it. We're going to do it, too. A tactic implies... No, 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 wait. You're saying the same thing. A tactic is a plan, right? I'm saying that they're doing this unconsciously. They don't realize that they're participating in the same form of identity politics as liberals are. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't believe that it's planned at all. I think they have. They don't have enough self-awareness to realize their own hypocrisy. Yeah, I don't think you're giving them enough credit. And keep in mind, it, it, this is the party that got Trump into office. Well, the idea of a, having to apologize for a joke, demanding an apology for a joke, is just kind of ridiculous. Not understanding the concept of a joke. <laughs> Yeah, this this whole demanding an apology for everything, this shit got old real quick. Like, it's a joke. If you don't like jokes, then maybe don't go somewhere where people tell jokes. And even in this this whole, you know, then that's just talking about the correspondence dinner, but even in this whole thing with this quote-unquote backlash and this McCain joke, like, who cares? Yeah. Like that's and and that's the problem I've noticed it and I've noticed it myself the last week so much shit in the last few months is just now on my big old pile of who cares 
you know, you care, you know, especially with the left, you care because they, they can break out their sanctimonious act again. You know, but meanwhile, when he was running for fucking president 10 years ago, he's a fucking devil. Shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the... the <coughs> excuse me. You, you can't make fun of a war hero. Yeah. Dude, I think we're back to the whole... We've said it a million times on this show. I think we are back to the whole... You cannot be more offended than the person that the joke is about. If the person who the joke was made about doesn't give a fuck, you are not allowed to be more offended than them. Yeah. Well, I... I guess John McCain wasn't offended at all. So. Yeah, because he's probably like, dude, I'm 80 and I have cancer. Of course I'm dying. Yeah. I'm not speaking for the man, but I'm willing to bet he's a little bit more self-aware than a lot of these other people. Just, it's, uh, it's, it's becoming tiring, isn't it? It's, it's every day somebody um, seems offended about something. It doesn't seem that there is a day that goes by where we're not reading a story in our Twitter feeds or our Facebook feeds where there's just somebody offended about something that really is just, again, in the who cares pile. Yeah. Like that. Well, like that shit you shared today in our chat with the 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 chick with the the AR-10 on her back at Kent State. Right. Like both sides right. of that. Who cares, dude? She's allowed to carry it. Great. She's allowed to look like an idiot. Great. You're allowed to think she looks like an idiot. Great. But in the grand scheme of things, who cares? You know, she put, she took some pictures that were in poor taste and put them online. Wow, she's the first person to do that. I mean, all you're going to do is create more of her, quite honestly. If you try to public, like I told you guys, it's it, publicly shaming her. It's talking to somebody like that. You know, what did she have on her mortarboard? You'd come and take it or whatever. Yeah. You're, you're, it's, it's like talking to a religious nut. You ain't changing that person's mind. Well, no, and... And you gave her the attention that she wanted for it. Yeah, and you're just going to create more of her now. Congratulations. You failed in your mission. She, she's going to go round up more of her gun nut friends, and I bet they're going to start taking group pictures on Kent State. You know, like, just what a, what a, what a, like, haven't we figured out in this last year and a half that this whole sanctimonious self-righteous act, uh, we might need to kind of dial it back a bit? Like, getting Donald Trump elected as president wasn't, you know, kind of maybe a sign of like, hey, maybe we should slow our roll on this shit. Uh, no, I think we've decided that doubling down is the answer. Yeah, cool. How's that working out for us? You know, we're, we're, we're going to see in November, because I don't... This this blue wave that's expected in November, I, just, I don't see it happening. The more we keep doubling down on shit like this, like we 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 are not self aware. We don't realize that shit like this is how we got where we're at. Because I said it before and I'll say it again. Hey, people on the coast, the people in the middle of the country outnumber you. Might kind of want to take heed to that. Might kind of want to start including them on things. Because the more you tell them they're shitty people, the more they are going to double down. Dig their heels in. Whatever cliche you need on their stances on things. We're going to get something worse than Trump in 2020. What the fuck could be worse than Trump? I don't know, but we're heading for it in 2020. Have, <laughs> that is the biggest mystery, isn't it? I have no idea what our next president is going to look like. I, I mean, if you just look at the trend of the last 20 years, it's going to be a Republican again. Because it seems like since 92, we get eight years of one, eight years of another, 
eight years of one, eight years of another. All right. Well, what, even supposing that Trump does eight years, I don't even know what the next Democrat is going to look like. Brown woman. Right, yeah, I was just going to say, definitely not white. <laughs> yeah, that's my guess, is brown woman. If they're smart, Hispanic woman. But they can't even get their shit together to get a cohesive message out for the midterms that are in less than six months. So, yeah, good luck. I, don't, I just keep... You, you need someone who's going to motivate the youth. That's how we got Barry. All right? You don't get anyone that's going to motivate the youth. You get old people voting. And we all know how old people generally vote. Yeah. I, well, they could have had... The Democrats could have had somebody who motivated the youth. But instead, they chose and, Hillary. Right. <laughs> like, Bernie was the guy who was going to get the youth vote out. Or could have if he was given a chance. Yep. We both voted for him. But instead, the DNC apparently already had their candidate coronated, and, oh, we can't have him. So, yeah, you know, good job. Way to go, DNC. I don't know, I just, I, I think it comes back to it's, we, we can't let the coasts dictate what goes on. It's just because I've worked on the East Coast, I've worked on the West Coast. As much as they want to think so, that it's not the real world. That's not the world most of the country lives in. You know, they can think they're the center of the country, center of the universe, all they want, but they're not. Again, you know, again, it's a numbers game. The people, the population in the flyover states outnumbers you. Stop discounting them. All right, they showed you in 2016. If you discount them, they're gonna fucking push back. You know, the ideals in New York and L.A. aren't the ideals that are in Ames, Iowa. They aren't the ideals that are in Detroit, Michigan. They're not the ideals that are in fucking, you know, Bismarck, North Dakota. They're not. It's, it's, we could, we could, we could say they are all we want. We can put them on TV all, all we want. We could put them in the news all we want. But it's not, it's not how it is, and it's, it's not how it's gonna be. Fuck. It, it, George Bush getting reelected for a second term should have showed us that ten years ago. Sorry, fourteen years ago. You know, yeah. the fact, you know, that was when what most of the most of the coasts were screaming that he was a war criminal. War criminal served two terms. So we just need to stop pretending that we have this, you know, this ideal, these ideals that we don't have as a group. You know, we're we're letting the extremes speak for us. And 2016 showed us, hey, whoops, maybe maybe we shouldn't be doing that. I mean, how how many polls had Hillary winning? All of them. Uh, yeah, all of them. And, well, we're sitting here a year and a half into Donald Trump, so yeah, maybe we need to make some phone calls to the middle of the country rather than, you know, just to the coast. But this is just one podcaster's opinion. And also, stop using the phone. How about, how about that one as well? You're calling people with landlines. I mean, that, but that gets into the whole other thing of how we vote and all that other crap. It's not the conversation we're having. So, you know, good times. <laughs> All right. Well, what else, what else is going on? What else is going on? This uh, deal with North Korea seems to be going sideways. <laughs> Shocking. Mm -hmm. But you mean Kim Jong Un isn't an honest guy? Right. Get out of here. Unpredictable. That's not the Un I know. It's rock yeah, solid. Yep. It's rock, rock solid with haircut. Level-headed. Yes. Literally. You know, with the haircut. And it's all because of what? We're still participating in our, our uh, war exercises. Excuse me, with South Korea. Yeah, I, I guess basis that's for his statement. And I, I, well, I guess 
what they can gather from uh, satellite footage, that the North Koreans are disassembling their current nuclear facilities. The only question is, are they tearing it down or are they moving it someplace where we can't see? <laughs> I saw I saw that same article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are they are they breaking it down or are they hiding it? Are they pulling in Iraq? Yeah, no, we we ain't got nothing. Nope, we got rid of it all. Nothing to see here. Well, Hans Bricks. Oh no. I guess uh, Trump's response to this was that. Uh, well, he did say that if North Korea does come to the table to make a deal, if they do disarm, if they do uh, uh, tear down their nuclear program, that they would be very happy with the deal that they could make with the U.S. But also said in the next breath that if they didn't, that it would mean, I, I don't know what this necessarily means, but his quote was, total decimation for North Korea. Um Kind of an oxymoron. I mean, not to be a, a, a pedant, but you know, to I don't know what total decimation means. Right? <laughs> means a a barren piece of land where North Korea used to be. That's my guess. Yeah, I think I I think I understand the point that he's making. But I mean, the traditional the traditional definition of decimation is to reduce by ten percent, right? I don't know if if you know the the origins of this, but decimation would actually happen. It was something that you would uh, that would incur when you lost a battle. The losing side would decimate their troops, literally go through, line up their troops. Every tenth man gets the axe. That's our punishment. That we have to, uh, you know, we we're the losing force. We reduce our ranks, but it's certainly come to mean other things. <coughs> but still, I think we're quite a ways away from it meaning like completely wipe off the face of the planet. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It, words aside, uh, yeah. And the the only defense I'll make for that statement is it appeared at least until this week that the whole fire and fury comment seemed to work it's, here we go again with this phrase maybe it's Trump doubling down go, oh yeah cool try it bitch hey guess what we sold you our old shit we have the new shit we have the shit that can find your shit we have the shit that won't crash into the ocean we have the shit that we could launch from Seattle and destroy you whereas your shit always seems to find it just just dives right into the ocean. Like, I don't know. It just... The only defense I can make for that statement is it... it, it, it is... It, dude, did we talk about this last week? It's two crazy guys going at each other, isn't it? Right. You know, how do you fight crazy with more crazy? Yeah, I, I guess. But it's, 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 it, but it's along the lines of people that think you can go and reason with people in the Middle East. Those people don't understand a reason. They've proven that over and over. It's the same kind of thing with, boom. Like, all right, this guy doesn't want to talk civilly. Cool, I'll talk to him in his language. Hey, we're going to fuck you up. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll see what, what happens. I, the, the meeting's not off the table as of yet. It's just in question. It's not a done deal like it was uh, thought to be. Well, what's it supposed to happen? Something 12th, the June 12th? I, yeah, I don't remember. So, like, like Mike, <laughs> this seems to go part and parcel with Donald Trump and even North Korea. Well, we'll see. 
All right, yeah, I'm back. Sorry. <laughs> New medication. Still trying to get used to it. So, what were you guys on? I heard Donald Trump and North Korea. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that is what we were talking about. You know, earlier, sorry, earlier, I, uh, I heard a quote. I can't remember who exactly it's from. And it's one of those quotes, I think, that depending on what side, political side you're on, you're going to agree or disagree with it. But basically someone asked, what is this investigation into Trump doing? Is it investigating a crime or is it looking for a crime? Because one is police work and one is what a police state does. You know, if they think a crime has been committed, they investigate it. If they go looking to see if something's happened. Yeah, if we, if we go, we don't like this person, so let's, let's dig up find some, some dirt on them. Yeah. And I mean, as much as I don't like Trump, that is a very unsettling thought. If that's the case, if there's if there's people that are like, I don't care what the fuck he's done, right? Find something. I mean, that's 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 McCarthyism all over again. Yeah, and that, I, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to argue too, though, because you get into deep state territory with things that you can't prove. You know? Yeah. But, well, I mean, once again, Rich, you articulated something better than I could. That that's pretty much my mindset on this whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, if you actually know the details of this case, you can see how it organically unfolds. I mean, it, to me, it's, it's one thing. This is honestly what I think is going on. I think they went into it with the thought that crime A happened. And the, the more they dig, they're starting to realize, well, wait a minute. There's a lot of A.1, A.2, even B and C to investigate. And it's just turned into a lot more than they were expecting to find. And this is not something that you get a do-over. There's no reset button. They fucked this up. This goes in the history books. That's it. Game over. Yeah. So they don't want to do that. And, I mean, I, I, I was listening to NPR, Detroit. I think it was Detroit Today, and Stephen Henderson made a good point. He said it was two and a half years from the start of the investigation to the resignation of, of Nixon. And people were talking back then about how quick that was. Two yeah. and a half years. So maybe it's just our short attention span microwave society that we think that, oh, a year? Well, we should have him. He should be in fucking chains by now. Right. That's not reality. And on top of that, well, my, when you have money... Turn to that would be computers. No, I, I understand we have, that. We have, we have quicker access to information than we did 40 years ago. But when you have money, you can control through bullshit posturing, putting shit off, layers of fucking lawyers to use as, as, as metaphorical body armor against the investigators, you can gum up the works of an investigation hey. and, and, and take it to a, to a crawl. Or, you did, did if you want to speed it up, you can speed it up. Right, well, that's what they do on TV. They're like, oh, sorry, we'll file for a change of venue. That'll take up another two months. Then we'll constantly throw out the jury pool and, and we'll drag that process out, you know, blah, blah, blah. And a lot, especially with people who are personalities, right? It's kind of this idea of like, oh, if we just drag this out, maybe people will stop paying attention. Well, yeah, and think of the OJ trial. You can ride it out. I yeah. mean, it, we, it's such, it's such a, a, a moment in history in American culture now that we don't stop to realize that from that car chase to the first day of the actual trial, not the shit leading up to the trial, 
there were people speculating it could be years before he goes to trial. It all depends on how quick his lawyers want to get him in front of right. a judge and a jury. And I don't even think it was a full calendar year before he was sitting in front of a jury. Right. So, I mean, it's, it, once again, you're dealing with Trump, who has money. He knows lawyers. Jesus Christ, he called in Giuliani from the bullpen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's... It, I, I, Giuliani may not be fucking Mariano Rivera, the closer, you know, proper noun status in full effect, but that's a name person to throw out there, and it gums up the works in and of itself because now you're introducing a celebrity, for lack of a better term, into the mix, and the story for a week was, what the fuck is Giuliani saying? But Saturday Night Live did what, two cold openings goofing on him? Mm-hmm. I mean... It, I. I well, I understand where Chris is coming from. At the same time, I'm like, this is turning into a fucking sideshow. It's turning into theater, and not in a productive way, in my opinion. And to be completely honest, I have no faith that anyone who's reached this far up in politics will ever be touched in a way that, that's really meaningful. I, I just, I don't. I mean, if Nixon didn't go to prison, I can't imagine Donald Trump even in handcuffs. I just don't think that's it. This yeah, but, look at, but look at the situation with Nixon, though. He stepped down. Not he stepped down despite his own ego, right? It was the it was all the the Republican representatives that said, "Hey, we can't support you on this anymore. You you being in office is hurting the party." But Rich's right. point is they had hard evidence on Nixon, and he didn't do a fucking day in jail. Uh, it's the peripheral people who do the jail time. Remember, right. I can't remember. Who was the woman who did two years because she wouldn't talk to, to, the, to Ken Starr yeah. for Clinton? I mean, right. she sat in prison for two years because she's like, I ain't saying shit. Yeah, she's a reporter, right? I believe so. Yeah. I mean, that's some fucking loyalty for your ass because... That's a Bernie Mac skit when he was like, I, I did a show in prison. And it was like, what you in here for? How long you in here for, brother? Ever. He's like, you know, that's a long fucking time. I'm going to take the four off that motherfucker. What you in for? Oh, I, I didn't know snitch. I didn't snitch my boy out. He goes, oh, you in here because of somebody else? Yeah, you ain't a snitch. You a new fool. Right. Fuck that. I'm going into court singing if it's a choice between but, life and walking. But, and that's the truth. But, Chris, your your statement is made from with hindsight, right? You know now that they had hard evidence on Nixon, but you're comparing to that to what you believe they have on Trump, which you can't know. None of us know. Well, that's and see, that's the thing. A good investigation, we're not going to know until it's presented in court. There might be leaks, it's, and there might be very strategic leaks. Right. The leaks that are not really leaks. Like, you know, hey, call up, and this is off the record. I never said this. But type shit. That happens all the time. But I don't think we're going to know the details. We if it, and if it doesn't go to court, and if there's not a, or they're going to do what they did with the Warren Commission and print 27 volumes and bury the truth in a bunch of fucking overwordy lawyer, lawyer bullshit. Right. To the point where everyone, it's like I, if I don't have a U of M law degree, I I can't. I, who the fuck's going to sit through 27 volumes? Nobody. I mean, where's Jim Garrison? Maybe he'll do it, but he's dead. So, I don't know, get some smelling salts and some space heaters and bring him back to life, and then he'll sit through them. But that's just, that's my having no faith in the system. Once you reach a certain 
place of power in this country, not necessarily even money, just power, I think the only thing that they'll throw your ass in jail over is not giving them their fucking money. They threw Blade in jail for three years. Like, like yeah, I'm Wesley Snipes. Yeah, and you didn't pay your taxes. I'm a sovereign citizen. <laughs> no, you're not. Go to federal prison. That's like the only thing we really... I mean, that's what they got Capone on, for fuck's sake. They didn't get him on anything to do with being a gangster. He just didn't pay his taxes. Well, I think that was the only thing they could get him on. Well, that's, that's true. It's kind of hard to get someone to testify when anyone who agrees to ends up dead the next day. Right. <laughs> Which is, I have to say, there's a, shockingly, there's a shocking lack of that surrounding this. Of people disappearing? Yeah. Like, I, you, just, you just figure with... Like that Bill Maher skit when, when oh. he did his new rules with 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 Donnie being in construction and from New York, right, you yeah. know. <laughs> you figure somebody with a you know Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes type shit, you know, like it would have happened by now, but it just hasn't. So, and I mean, because right, I mean, if this is really a problem for the Russians, we'd see some more poisonings going on, right? Exactly, exactly. And they don't fuck around. They didn't, they did, they not only poisoned that former spy, they poisoned his fucking daughter. Yeah, they were like, everybody's got to go. Just kill his whole family. I think she was maybe collateral damage. I don't think they were targeting her. Uh, and they I, were just like, and they slept. Shit, like they, had a guy, they slept like babies. They guy poisoned himself. It. Oh yeah, in that courtroom. Yeah, they drank some, the poison in Parliament or whatever. That's that's some gangster shit. Like, oh, I ain't going to prison. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just don't There's have. I don't have somebody waiting to shank him in prison anyway. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just don't have faith in the system. And I mean, I, I've, I, I know a few people who work in law. I've been around a few lawyers in my lifetime. It's, it's not, it's not what we're taught. It's not how it works. You know, I've had some friends who've gotten some pretty rough scrapes with the law, and depending on the, the, the financial backing they had was how clean they came out on the other side. And honestly, I think this is. I think this is part of the Democratic Party's posturing to say, "Look, we're going after him." To, 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 it, it's it's like him throwing his his the coal miners a bone. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking. It's 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 just stealing your base. You know, it's just solidifying it because because they don't have a cohesive message other than anti-Trump. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, thought they were gonna. They, I thought they were gonna run on. Donald Trump is bad. I thought they were gonna run on gun regulation. That's disappeared. Yeah, nope. Where the fuck's David Hogg at? I mean, shouldn't school be getting out here soon? He should be all over the news right now, campaigning for people who want to push gun regulation. That motherfucker's disappeared. He's taking a gap year to help uh, get people registered for the midterms. They're in six months, so he's taking a year off. Well, I mean, you know, is he taking a year off from teaching us adults how to fucking use democracy? Because, I mean, I remember him saying that in that interview. That was amusing. I'm like, you understand we're a republic, right? No? Okay. Civics class? No. Okay. Well, he, he skipped it because he's been on TV the whole second <laughs> semester of the senior year. <laughs> Isn't that generally when you take government? Fuck, I don't know. I, thought, I, thought I, I knew I took it in high school, but I thought I took it in like my freshman or sophomore year. I don't know, man. That's, that's many malted hops and bong resin years ago. I, I don't fucking remember that shit. I just remember I was learning this shit, and I'm like, they, they're fucking us this bad? Yup. And then, like, next year it was, there's no more civics, it's social studies. Read the newspaper and write a report on it. The fuck is this? But, 
What are you going to do? Yeah, my high school fucked up. They taught us how government worked. I think it really depends on what, what area your school's in. Because I've, I've, I've noticed that my buddy who teaches history in Detroit, he posts on social media like you know what he's getting his class to do. It's much more activity-based teaching than what I, what I went through. What I went through with civics and, and all that was very much like the teacher up there laying it out, binge and purge on the test, move on to the next class. You know, even history was like that. You know, just memorize the dates, barf them up on the test, move on. So I, I, I don't know. And then there's also just a factor: you get some teachers who just don't give a shit and they're there for a paycheck. Just like just move them on through, social promote them all. I don't care. But um, oh, something I wanted to to bring up. It's <laughs> kind of relevant to what happened to me earlier when I had to step away for a second. Uh. Do you do you guys go to the doctor on a on a regular basis? No, fuck no. <laughs> like you don't. Okay, first of all, Aaron, I know why. Because you're like you're like oh, I don't have insurance, right? Right. Yeah, and that's part of it. Chris, I mean, it's just because you just don't want to go, right? It's I, I will cop to it. I have the typical male attitude, dude. If I ain't bleeding, I don't fucking need you. Bleeding, pussy. If the phone ain't pl- sticking out, I ain't going. If I'm if I'm not bleeding or there's something that's hung around for a week that I don't know about, you know that it, if it's something that I can't clear up with rest and fluids, then I'll go to the doctor. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't. I probably haven't had a physical since I was 18 years old. Well, I I recently got my insurance squared away after five months of of not having any and fighting back and forth and et cetera, et cetera. That's not really what I want to get into. What I want to get into is. The way they treat shit these days is a lot different than I remember when I was younger. Case in point, I walked in. I hadn't seen my doctor in five months. I got to retain my doctor. So I, that, that was a little bit of a plus. But I was like, you know, he's like, well, you have... Hey, thanks, Obama. You get, you, want, you get to keep your doctor. Wasn't that a promise you made? Uh, yeah, after they switched me three different doctors. <laughs> <laughs> every every time my insurance changed, so did my doctor. This is the, the, the longest doctor I've had, except for a specialist. Um, but anyways, you know, I went in. And I was. He's like, okay. So when you first came here, you said these are the issues that that you were concerned with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I've noticed this. And my brother has has a few issues also. And it seems like they really push the we're going to treat one at a time. And I remember when I was younger, it was, you know, this is what you do for this issue, this is what you do for this issue, this is what you do for this issue, I'll see you in three to six months. Have a nice one. And it's very much more like, I don't know if this is because... Oh, no, no it's the long con now. It's yeah, You need I, to make an appointment for this, and another appointment for this, and another appointment for this. Yes. I walked into I walked to my doctor's office for a six-month checkup. And walked out with a stack of, of paper and phone numbers to call to set up with a bunch of other doctors. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, the last two times I've fucked my back up royally, I went to the doctor. they give me all kinds of shit. You need to go see this physical therapist. Uh, oh, the, the last time I went to the doctor in August, uh, because my back had been messed up for like two weeks, uh, they told me I needed to go see a doctor about my blood pressure because it was high when they took it. And I'm sitting there telling them, like, Dude, I'm standing here clenching my teeth in pain. You don't think that's somehow related to it? Yeah. 
and the guy blew me off and oh I went to urgent care about a month and a half ago when I got I got sick in Oakland just to just to get some medicine to get it to clear up because I was working. It's like, dude, I can't be in the hotel room the whole time. When you say Oakland, do you mean like Two Shorts hometown? Yeah. Oh, you were in the hood. Yeah, but the whole she took my blood pressure. She's like, yeah, you're not even prehypertensive. It's like, oh, really? Because the last doctor took my <laughs> blood pressure, told me I needed to go see someone about my blood pressure. Yeah, that's that's always fun. Um, yeah, it's the long con. They just want you to keep making it. It's 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 probably because they they fucking get paid by by appointment. Well, this you is know? something I've noticed also is okay. So I I I have a, I have a particular heart condition. I've been on the medication for it for four years. He upped my dosage some at some point last year. I can't remember the exact time. And in the last know, six seven months. I started noticing side effects that I'd never noticed. Well, I didn't realize there were side effects. I just thought that it was me. And then when I went in and oh, talked to him this time, just, I was... He's like craving cock? Uh, no, that wasn't the side <laughs> effects of that. I'm still gay for that pussy. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, it, was, it was... Well, the medication I'm on basically depresses the cardiovascular system to regulate, to slow down and regulate my heartbeat. Like any other depressant, it depresses everything. So while I'm a big fat fuck, I was getting short of breath in situations where I, sh I knew I shouldn't. A year ago, I'd carry, you know, 40 pounds of, of food up three flights of stairs and barely be winded. And now I'm like walking to the end of the driveway and back and I'm sucking wind like I just ran a fucking marathon. And I'm like, okay. And I started having like just this feeling pending of doom, and just like I, I I don't know how to describe it. And I and when I told him this, he was like, "Oh, well, we're gonna switch your medication like today." And I was like, "Well, why?" He's like, "Those are severe side effects." He's like, "You know, if you had yeah, that's that's bad news." He's like, "If you had thoughts of like like what do you call it, suicidal ideation or whatever," I'm like, "You mean like pulling a Hemingway?" And he's like. Uh, I guess, and I'm like, yeah, sometimes, I'm like, I'm in constant pain, and then all this shit starts, and I'm like, what the fuck am I trying to hang on to if this is my quality of life? I'm all about quality of life, not quantity. I understand I'm not here for the long haul. And he was like, yeah, I'm getting you off this medication immediately. Now, when I told this to a few people, some family, some friends, this is the reaction I got. Well, that's your fault. What's your fault? That's my fault that I was on that medication. And then I, and I had those side effects. And I said, wait, what? And their thing was, well, you should have went on the Internet and looked it up and realized. And I'm wow. like, oh, because I'm going to go on WebMD and say I have a hangnail. And by the time I get off, I think I have a brain tumor because that's how WebMD works. That's what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, what, what medical school did I graduate from? John Hopkins? Well, that's the two. What medical school did you graduate from? And, yeah, looking... Yeah, research it on the internet. Sounds like a super sound strategy for medical issues. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, one of one of them, which was a family member, it got kind of heated, and they just wouldn't back off of it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I understand I shouldn't have wore that dress. I was asking for it. I got it. <laughs> and this was a female. She got pissed. And I'm like, well, what the fuck do you want me to say here? At what point do these doctors have a responsibility to disclose this shit? If the... if I knew of some of the side effects because not through my doctor, but through my pharmacy. Yeah. When I got the prescription, 
It was listed. Right. There was no severe side effects include and then a list. This was something he come out with, and I'm like, well, if I if I had the, 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 the information on it and it didn't say this, right. at what point yeah, but, is this his responsibility? Right, because when you when you look at these things without any kind of background, then it all seems to apply to you however you want it to. It's like reading your... Uh, getting, getting a, a tarot card reading or something or somebody telling you something exactly. like, oh you're a Leo that means you're this type of person you're like oh yeah yeah that's me that's me you know you, so it has this almost like self-fulfilling prophecy to it of like oh yeah that's definitely I'm experiencing these symptoms what you need is an impartial third party to look at, at somebody who has seen other patients on this drug and say okay I know you've seen other people take this drug let me tell you my experience and how that, and you tell me how that stacks up against what you're experiencing from your other patients. Yeah, and I guess I'm like one of the, I beat the odds. Maybe I, my, my, this doctor's point was, was the Monday before last, so, or Tuesday before last. Maybe I should have bought a lottery ticket because I beat some long odds apparently. I'm like in a 3%, 2% of people who t have ever taken this medication have these side effects. So, I mean, that's beating some pretty fucking big odds because it's a pretty common medication. It treats treats a variety of different things, but I was being it was being used specifically for my heart condition, whereas I think it's used for blood pressure for some other people in different dosages okay. and stuff. Um, but, yeah, and it just got me to thinking. It's like, is this the result of our fucking lawsuit-happy society well, where the doctor is afraid to tell you the side, the, all the side effects because... Yeah, yeah, I, it, it, I think well, the, the uh, litigious society plays into this pretty heavily, and maybe that's why we're getting more specialists, right? Because you can cut down on this chance of like, if that's your thing, is treating this one specific part of the body or ailment, then you know you you're increasing your chances of uh, a competent. Uh, Diagnosis is the idea, at least. Well, but, rich but the, the flip side of that is that it also makes sure that you know, the, the less, I guess the opposite would be incompetent diagnoses that you make, the less chance of you actually getting sued by somebody. Right. But, Rich, but, but also, you're not a fan of the man, but Dr. Drew says all the time he thinks that what is ruining the medical profession is lawyers. Well, I mean, that's a pretty common thought. I mean, they... There was many episodes of Scrubs that that dealt with that. I'm pretty sure there's any any show revolving around hospitals or doctors has dealt with that because that's that's I mean that's a common thing these days. I mean I know this I know this for a fact. I know this for a fact. When my mom was diagnosed with cancer, what, what the, the the way things progressed, she woke up one night and she couldn't move from the waist down or from mid chest down. She just couldn't feel anything. She couldn't move. Okay. And she had a phone on her head, her headboard. So she picked up the phone. She dialed nine one one. They came, picked her up. They took her to Garden City. Garden City took one look at her, and they life flighted her out to U of M. When she got to U of M, they called in a neurosurgeon. They called me and said she has to go and have major back surgery. You need to be here to sign paperwork. Blah blah blah. Because she needs, we need to know if she, if she, if you know something happens to her, do you want to sign a DNR and all that? You know, do not resuscitate and all that good stuff. I'm going. It's seven o'clock in the fucking morning. What the fuck? Is it? I talked to her last night. She was fine. How, how does she go from she's fine to she needs major back surgery? 
So I go to U of M, I sign the paperwork. Twelve hours later, I'm sitting in a family, the family room for the doctor to come talk to me. All pastel colors, nature yeah. scenes, box of tissue. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, here it comes. You know, something happened. And he comes in and he's like, you know, okay, so this is what happened. She, and he started talking about her spine. He was like, this, this uh, vertebrae and this and this and this. Uh, had you know had, had 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 basically been eaten away, and and you know and he's he's going into all this technical stuff, and I'm like, well, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, eaten away. How do your bones get eaten away? Is this like super osteoporosis or something? And he goes, I'm a neurosurgeon, so I can't give you a diagnosis. But when I opened her up, I stopped counting at 12 tumors, and I'm like, so this is cancer? And he goes, I can't say that. I could I could be liable to say that. I'm like, really? Right. You, you're a fucking neurosurgeon. You know what a tumor looks like. Yeah, he's not an oncologist. But so, that's what he told you. Yeah, so she wakes up, from, and then, you know, her, I meet her oncologist, and her oncologist comes in. And, you know, he's talking in these very broad strokes, and he's using things like, you know, this is a very treatable cancer. Unfortunately, it's not a curable cancer. We're going to slow it to a crawl, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm waiting for the, what are the odds here? Give me a time limit. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we talking about? Are we? Does she have five have five months? Does she have five years? And when I finally, when he went to go leave, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got a, I got a question. And I asked him that question, and he goes, oh, um, we really don't do that anymore. That's not really how we yeah. approach these situations anymore. Because they can be liable. And I'm like, so you won't tell me the fucking truth because you're afraid I'm going to sue you for it? Yep. I want to sue you for bullshitting me is what I want to sue you for. I mean, it, to me, that's the worst sin. Don't you take a fucking oath? First, do no harm. How can you come in here and bullshit a, a cancer patient and give him all these fucking these these like half-assed, non-committal answers? I mean, it was the equivalent of him walking in and saying maybe for thirty minutes. Well, that's not what you want to hear from a doctor is maybe for thirty fucking minutes. Hey, give me a, a yes or no answer. Give me hard facts. You know, what is the survival rate? And how long of a survival time is there for people with this type of cancer at this stage? That's what I want. He wouldn't even give me that. And, I mean, it's just, it blows my mind because, you know, we, we, we talk about it on the show from time to time, the advancements we've made in medicine, and it seems like we would get more accurate with the predictions that doctors would make. And now, because they're afraid of fucking being dragged into court, they have to be vague as a fucking pissed off wife is when she's fucking being passive aggressive. And it's like this is just—it's bullshit, man. Like I, like I feel sorry for anybody who has to deal with any type of of, of specialist or or a, a, a serious illness at this stage because it's frustrating for me. And I'm an asshole because I walk in. I walked in. I walked in. I was like, "Look, Doc, here's the deal. You, I've been to see you for over a year now. You haven't done anything about my back pain. It's really starting to fuck with my quality of life. You either do something about it, or I'll find a fucking doctor that will. You've been put on warning. I'll see you in three weeks. That's what I told him, and I meant it. I will fucking find another doctor. I'm not going to sit here and have him go, mm-hmm, 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 and then just fucking ignore everything I say." Like you said, Chris, with your doctor and your in his blood in your blood pressure, you're like, okay, I'm in fucking pain here, and he's just like, mm -hmm, okay, whatever. Well, I need you to go see this. No, not whatever. Like, it'd be different if I walk in. I'm like, Doc, I think I have stage four metastatic cancer. 
I'm sorry, what medical school did you go to? Yeah. But I can tell you I'm in pain. I can tell you it's nerve pain. I can tell you the one medication you tried that I had severe a severe allergic reaction to and you took me off of, and you haven't done shit since, and that's been going on a year. That's an issue, man. It's you know what I'm saying? Like and I don't I just I, I don't know. I Yeah. I think it's it's happening to me at a young age, but if this is how doctors are, man, let me die young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know what it would take to actually change this. And I think part of the, the bigger problem here is that the more the more vague the doctors get and the more specialized doctors get, the less holistic or well, I guess holistic's the wrong word to use in medicine because people have a, a different understanding of that. But basically looking at it as a whole, the the less of that is going on, right? Because sometimes you can have things that, you know, if you say you have a uh, pain somewhere or, or, or experiencing these symptoms, what the doctors need to figure out is, is this uh, a condition that just needs to be treated or is this symptomatic of something greater going on, right? You know, uh, like, like with your, your mother, if she, if she was just experiencing back pain, you know, they would... Sure, they could just go. Okay, you know, take these pills, and and it'll make the pain go away, right? But the the bigger problem here is the tumors. Yeah, because I and, had, and if it's not, but the, yet if you go, if you say I have back pain, and they go, well, go to this guy who's a specialist in back pain. Okay, but he's also the hammer that sees everything as a nail, right? He is the back pain specialist. He's there to diagnose back pain, and God damn it, he's going to diagnose him some back pain. <laughs> the one thing I will say is that her, her uh, neurologist, I remember his name, Dr. Sullivan, uh-huh. uh, or neuro, yeah, the neurosurgeon slash neurologist, he looked at me and he said, and when he talked to my mom and me together after she had recovered it for a few days, he goes, uh, you know, ma'am, didn't? your doctor take any x-rays of your back? And she's like, no. And he goes, okay, because we've taken x-rays, a full body x-ray, and he held up an x-ray, and he goes, and you see these? These are holes in your femur the cancer is eating through. Yeah, wow. So if I can see that now, and that's just the beginning of that cancer getting to that area, this could have been caught years ago. And she's like, well, I've had back pain for years. Well, there you go. See, I was just kind of guessing at that, but I suppose, like, you know, this this doesn't just occur overnight. You, you have symptoms that lead up to that, and that's what I'm saying. It's like you're you're going to catch less of these greater problems when you're just focused on, well, they present with a certain symptom, and I have a specialist that treats that symptom. You know that. Yeah. Uh, the the guy whose whose specialty is you know just pain medication or whatever I don't know what you'd go what kind of spe- uh, specialist you'd see outside of a chiropractor for back pain but he's not thinking tumors right no exactly and, and it's it, the it's the what is it the, no the, because the, and these are the things that your general practitioner is supposed to catch well, well let's look no, at all options here let's get some X rays and then see well, I can tell you I have had the same back but, problem since I was twelve twelve. Right. Well, I mean, 30 years ago, I have gone to the doctor dozens of times 
for my back when it messes up. And all I get every time is, here's some anti-inflammatories and go to physical therapy. I never get a diagnosis. I always get, we don't know, here, try this. Well, I can, I can tell you this for a fact. If you go in for any type of pain management therapy, because I was, I was told this in my recent doctor's appointment. You know, they ask you, you know, what do you do and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, I smoke weed every once in a while. I'm not like a daily smoker. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, then we can't really send you to any pain management therapy. I'm like, why? Right. They're like, no one will treat you if you smoke weed. Like, I don't want I, pain but, management. I just want to know what the fuck's going on. But no you, one can give me an, an answer. But see, that's that's the thing. That's what they, that's, well, first of all, I, this has to be said. Maybe I am just like, <laughs> maybe I'm like that, that, that social distortion song, Bad Luck. I don't know. But all the doctors and specialists I've seen, they their communication between each other is shit. Yes, Nobody reads correct. anybody else's chart. Yeah. If they no, didn't because put they it, all think they know better than the, the, the doctor you saw before you. That's been my experience. So if you're going to send me to a specialist, why are you going to disregard what he puts down? That makes no sense, first of all. Second of all, is you're absolutely right. If they give you a diagnosis and they misdiagnose you, once again, we're getting into they're afraid that you're going to call fucking 1-800-CALL-SAM. Yeah. And I mean, it took me, because the heart condition I have, I have AFib. It took me going to four different, two hospital stays, four different cardiologists for them to finally, and me going, give me a copy of my medical records from this stay or visit. And I have a physical copy, and I took them in and handed it to them and said, this is what this cardiologist said, this is what this cardiologist said, these are what the two hospitals I was in said. And they finally were like, put it all together, yeah, you have AFib. Yeah. And, it, it, and they were like, and it, I asked them, I said, why did it take all these visits and all these doctors for you to give me this diagnosis? And they said, one, because it's very rare in people your age. Yeah. And two, no one wants to misdiagnose you. Right. Well, right, and, you know, I'm thinking about this, like, in this doctor's visit that I was describing earlier, when you go and present with back pain, right, and, and instead of going, let's get some x-rays, let's find out what's going on here before we start a treatment plan, that's less and less happening also because people are going, well, no, I look, this is what I want, right? Uh, I saw a commercial for some miracle pain relief medication, that's going to solve my problems. They described my symptoms in the commercial, and that's what I'm here to get, <laughs> right? Don't take x-rays. I just want some pain meds. And also, uh, um, oh, I forgot what my, oh, yeah. Uh, when you see all these fucking prescription drug commercials, right, and they have all the, the list <laughs> of, uh, of all the side effects that they, they I mean, honestly, I don't think that they are legally required to put those in the commercial, but they have it there as a disclaimer to cover their ass when it comes to lawsuits on this shit. Yeah, and, right there, yeah. Right? But then on uh, that plants another seed in that person's brain. So now when those medications aren't working out, well, they go, oh, well, it's I need, I need to try something else because I'm, you know, the commercial told me, that uh, you know, possible side effects were depression, and I'm totally depressed. So it must be this medication. And again, you know, if you diagnose with somebody with first of all, you have to diagnose them with depression, and then figure out what's possibly causing it. 
You know, there could be some greater issue here. Maybe you're clinically depressed and you're just blaming it on your medication. It, yeah, and uh, it, it gets into the, just the discussion of why are we allowed to commercially advertise things that aren't commercially available? Yeah. Like, that, I mean, you, you're you kind of hitting on part of the problem there, Aaron. Well, I saw this commercial on TV. I must have this. I want this. We shouldn't even fucking know what we're being prescribed until right. we're prescribed it. Well, that's the that deregulation that happened in the, what, the 90s? Yeah. Well, I, just follow the money on this. I mean, on one side, you have this this flow of money going to lawyers and people who are suing doctors and hospitals you know, this is a, this is its own fucking industry of people who are injured or malpractice suits and all this stuff. These, there's lawyers that specialize in these suits. Plenty of money over on that side. On the other side, it's with the prescription drug companies who are funneling money through their lobbyists to politicians to deregulate the things that, I mean, we used to not be able to, uh, advertise prescription drugs in these ways. Yeah, I remember when Viagra came out, it's not like there was like television uh, and and TV ads immediately. Right. It, it had to be out for, I think the first ad I saw was the was the very uncomfortable Bob Dole with a boner ad. <laughs> and it was like, what? More like a PSA. Yeah, I'm like, they're advertising dick pills? Okay, that's strange. Now it's it's so common, it's just like white noise. It's like, Right, it's like it's like a car commercial. Come down, down to so and so forward. Right, and in one way or another, what both of these groups—prescription drug companies on one side, lawyers on the other—they're both telling people that you can't trust the doctors. Right, the lawyers are saying the doctors are incompetent. They're going to fuck something up. They're on drugs. They didn't have enough training. They have other problems going on. Something was on his mind. Whatever the fuck, something happened. You were a victim of it. You need some money. On the prescription drug company side, they're like, look, you don't need a doctor for any of this job. Sure. He's got to go and write off the prescription. But tell your doctor, you tell your doctor that this is what you should be on. Ask your doctor if Plank is right for you. And see, that's the other thing. It's like when, right. I, when you because go... Because your doctor has is given up. He's, he's a broken man, and he's going to say, sure, fine, whatever. Next... And this is this is something that is Just really. Don't sue me if you, if I give you what you want. Will you not sue me? Well, I think we're getting into to more of a, a, a the crux of the situation here is, and it's it's kind of something that we do as a country as a whole, not just with our medical symptoms. Is they, they and especially in my case, it's anecdotal, but it is what it is. They treat the symptoms; they don't look for the problem. No one has ever yeah. bothered to look for the underlying cause to my back problems. They just go here, eat these anti-inflammatories, go to physical therapy, your back will be fine. Great. But it's not going to keep it from fucking up in the future. That is what I want. Well, you know, it, I, I had one doctor that I was seeing, and I went in and I said, you know, I, I have lower back pain. They've, you know, I've had different doctors say it's a, a sciatic nerve issue, blah blah blah. And he did something that he was the first doctor that I've told I had back pain to do. And he goes, "Have you ever had a back injury?" And when I had to really think about that question, I'm like, you know, you say back injury, and I think, like, like requiring surgery, you know, sp sprained something, slipped disc, something like that. And I, I was like, no, not really. He goes, nothing. When you were a kid, you never, 
you ever hurt your back? And I'm like, oh, yeah, when I was like 10, I was climbing a tree, and I was out on a branch over the, the driveway, and the branch broke, and I fell about, I don't know, eight feet and slammed smack on my back. And he goes, and you don't think to tell me that that's a back injury? Like, well, it knocked the wind out of me. I couldn't breathe, scared the shit out of me for about a good, you know, 10 minutes while I was trying to catch my breath, and then I was sore for a couple days after that. And he goes, and did you ever have back problems after that? And I'm like, yeah, there'd be days I'd wake up in the morning, I could hardly sit up. And he goes, and you don't, once again, think this is very, <laughs> is something you should tell me? And I'm like, I, I, I don't think, when you say back injury, I'm imagining myself but, in traction and back surgery right. and shit, you know? But this points out how poorly we are at self-diagnosing, usually. It, it, it reminds me of, like, Loveline callers back in the day, and they'd be like, well, my boyfriend abused me, and so did my last boyfriend, and come to think of it, so did the guy before. What happened to you as a child? Nothing, totally normal, you know, grow up in middle America, white picket fence and all that. Your dad never hit you. Oh, yeah, but only when I asked for it. Your mom drank. Oh, yeah, but only on the weekends. Okay, well, let's start there. <laughs> like, it's well, really it's hard to diagnose the situation that you're in. But see, but now I'm coming at you, Rich. I've had the complete opposite experience. I've had people tell me because this all started. I was it was in seventh grade. I had an overloaded backpack. I bent over and I could not get back up. All right. I've told this to every doctor, and almost every doctor has told me, "Well, it's not because of that. It's because of something else." Like really, motherfucker. This is like the the ground zero of this whole thing, and it has nothing to do with that. Well, I, a lot of it. See, because you just reminded me of something. When I came in the house and told my mom what had just happened, her attitude was, did you break anything? Are you bleeding from anywhere? Then shut up and get out of my face. You're fine. And fast forward to today, you imagine if your 10-year-old son walked in and told you he just took an 8-foot fall out of a tree flat on the concrete. I, I, yeah, I mean, he's going to the doctor. You're like, yeah, let's get you checked out. Like and I don't care I, my how parents good pretty much tell me when I broke a rib and a toe that uh, you're fine, and then come to find out later, getting X-rays, doctors like, hey, do you know you broke a rib? And I just want to look at my parents and be, ha! I told you. Exactly. Back yeah. in eighth grade, you didn't fucking believe me. It, that's that's just the and, and I guess that I've grown since I, that's the type of shit I grew up with. That's my mindset. Well, unless it was like something catastrophic, then no, I haven't had any injury. But, I mean, I, I, I will say this, that anybody who has chronic pain, when you walk into a doctor's office these days, you ha at, least, at least everybody I've talked to, we've all done this, you have to practice what you're going to say in your head. But you can't over-practice, because then it's going to sound like you're giving them a line of bullshit. You, you're like Spud trying to not get a job, but still apply for one. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean... <laughs> Like the first, what I've learned to do is the first thing I fucking say is, look, look, the only thing that you people, meaning doctors, have agreed on is that this is nerve pain. Yeah. And I know that opiate-based painkillers aren't going to touch nerve pain. Right. I don't want any opiates. I don't want any narcotic painkillers. So, if you think I'm doctor shopping trying to get high, you can put that bullshit baby to bed right now. And more times than not, they'll listen to me after that. When I would walk in and say I'm in pain, and they would go, oh, well, just take some ibuprofen or some aspirin. Mm -hmm. Well, Doc, I'm taking fucking, you know, 
you give me 800 milligram ibuprofen a prescription for, which I can get over the counter and pay like five dollars for a bottle versus thirty at the fucking you know at the Walgreens or whatever, and I'm I'm eating those things by the handful. Like right. I am five times over the daily recommended dose. Right. My stomach is garbage. Right. I drink water well, and puke. You know, so my liver I, is just an aspirin pill. <laughs> yo, I oh with, uh, with my drinking history, I don't even touch aspirin. He's like, uh, have you been on an aspirin regimen? I just start laughing. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. If I want to kill myself, I'll just stick a gun in my mouth. Thank you. Right. Like, I, please, I'm probably. My liver probably looks like a piece of extra crispy fried chicken already. I don't want it to look like that mixed with a doorstop. You know what I'm saying? So I'm good here. Thank you, Doc. But and it sucks because you I you go to the doctor and you you can't even when you have to fucking plot out how you're going to bring up a subject to a doctor, to me that's an issue. And that issue is look, this ain't on me. I've never been a big pill guy. The only pills I ever really liked were ecstasy. And this ain't 1983 in Texas, so I can't get pure uncut ecstasy from a doctor anymore. So you ain't helping me in that aspect. On top of that, with my heart condition, they're like, you're past the expiration date on that. I'm like, fuck. Why couldn't you tell me that with, like, shrooms or something? (laughs) (laughs) You know, this gets into kind of weird territory for me because the idea of... You know, regulating doctors more, and and certainly there's a lot of shady doctors out there. There's that are just pill mills, you know, uh, that are doing things that are illegal. And there's others that are possibly causing harm, even not having to do anything illegal. You know, it's just whatever pharmaceutical company that took me out to dinner and paid for a golfing trip. That's uh, I'm going to recommend their painkillers. But there's the other side of me where, like, if I, if I believe that we should just legalize all drugs, and if somebody wants to go buy some crack, they should do it legally and kill themselves if that's what they want to do, you know? It, who, who am I to say that person can't do what they want with their own body, you know? And I kind of feel like, uh, you know, if, the, if a person is that dead set on what they want for medication, well, is it really the doctor's job to stand in their way? I mean, certainly they're there to ultimately the, the idea of making that person healthier, but you can't make a person want to be healthier. Exactly. And I mean, I, I'm going to be so, I'm going to be brutally well, now you're honest into the whole liability area, Aaron. Well, I'm right, and, and I'm questioning how much liability like doctors should have, and how much responsibility for this kind of stuff they should have. Well, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. When you walk into a doctor's office, when I walk into a doctor's office, I'll just I'll go that route. You know, the first thing they say is lose weight. Oh, okay, and okay, I'll be back next week. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like if it was that easy, I'd I'd fucking do it. Right. I, I, there's like, <laughs> well, I got to take a shit. But other than that, what can we do right now? <laughs> like, there's certain realities of certain things I have to do to get through the day. And when I go in and I tell a doctor everything, they're like, well, you shouldn't do this, 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 this. I'm like, then I can't get through my day. And you're offering me no other alternatives. Mm-hmm. I come in here every three months and you tell me the same shit and you send me out the door. And I literally said this in my last appointment. And he, 
you know, he gave me a phone number to call. Oh, okay. Thanks. What a... Okay, call this I, number, drop 100 pounds. Yeah. That works. Is, I'm like, is it to a cocaine dealer? Is it to a meth dealer? I mean, I, I, what's going to happen with this phone call? And you call, and it's like a, it's like a, a diet support line. And I'm like, really? Like, uh, it's one step okay. above a pre-recorded voice. You can do this. You are a strong person. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. Really? I mean... And then, you know, when he goes, well, okay, you're tired all the time. Why are you tired all the time? I have sleep apnea. Okay, well, um, I don't do sleep studies, and I don't know who to refer you to, so I'm going to have to send you to an eye, ear, nose, and throat guy. So wait a minute. You're my, you're my, you're my general practitioner. You're going to send me to another doctor who's going to most likely send me to a sleep specialist who's going to send me to a sleep clinic. And then he's going to send copays, baby. And then he's going to send the results back to you. So I just did a big ass circle. This this is what this is what I'm gonna do. And big ass circle where I spent a whole bunch of money. And this is why I kept to six months later. Rich, you have sleep apnea. Yeah. That's what <laughs> that's what happened. When I when I when I had too much money for to, to, for for any type of subsidized insurance and I was paying out of pocket, that's why I went through twenty five grand in a year. Because I'm going to see all these fucking specialists, and at the end of it, they, they tell me what I already fucking knew. And I said, I've known I've had sleep apnea since probably 2003. When my ex-wife goes, have you always stopped breathing in your sleep? And I'm like, I don't fucking know I'm asleep. <laughs> you know better than I do. You tell me. And she's like, no, I've never noticed this like, before. I don't know. I'll try and pay closer attention next time. You know, and then that's when I call the family, and I'm like, hey, anybody in the family got, like, any sleep problems? And they're like, everybody in the family stops breathing in their sleep. They got what they call sleep apnea. And, you know, this would, and this is the other thing. God, I love my family. They all do this. Oh, I could have told you that. Yeah, Why we, didn't you? Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, okay. This is that one of the you can't use because you didn't ask as a defense. Like, it's it's like the scene from the wedding singer when she's like, "I didn't know if I really wanted to be married." He's like, "Once again, information that would have been helpful six months ago, not the <laughs> night before we get married." You know, like, I, and and I kind of I kind of got hostile with his family member because, you know, when I when I when I told him when I was telling him the story, they're like. Oh, okay. So what? You're all depressed again, and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, is it that much? I'm, gee, I'm sorry. I'm burdening you with my shit. How about I just don't fucking call you and talk to you anymore? Will that make you happy? No, because then you're gonna bitch to the rest of the family that no one ever hears from Rich. No one ever hears from Rich. That's what you're gonna say. Well, never picking up a phone to call me, by the way, because in my family, the older you are, apparently, the more broke your wrist is, so you can't pick up a phone. I, I don't know. It's like, but. And it's 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 like I get this shit from the doctors. I who knows your family history better than your own fucking family, and they're acting like they're the mafia that they can't come up off of any information. Like like Johnny two <laughs> times is going to come visit him with the I got to get the papers, get the papers if they say something. You know, it's like get the fuck out of here. You got to call a family meeting and sit down with the DSM whatever number they're on and just go, okay, I'm just going to read page by page. Just raise your hand if you've experienced any of these symptoms. Well, that's, you know, the, 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 the AFib, you know, my father told me late 90s, mid-90s, somewhere around there, that he had a heart attack in his early 30s. Okay. No one else in the family knew this except for my stepmother. And I was like, wait a minute, 
What kind of heart attack do you have in your early 30s to where you miss no time at work and it's not that big of a deal to the point where I don't even remember you being in the hospital? And he goes, a small one. Okay, well, yeah, but... <laughs> well, here's the thing. AFib feels like a heart attack. Yeah. And come to find out that my grandfather had it. And if you'd have talked to my grandfather before he, his, his Alzheimer's had kicked in, he'd tell you this story. Oh, I've had like 25 heart attacks. No, you haven't. You would not be breathing. Grandpa, you would be dead. I don't give a fuck how mean of a bastard you are. You would be dead after twenty, after after half those, and it wouldn't even probably take half that. It would not take thirteen heart attacks to kill you. It'd take probably three, maybe two small ones. I'll give you two small ones, and the third one, that's it. Pull the plug. Mourners emit flowers. And my uncle goes, yeah. And then I went to the doctor and I told him, and he goes, oh, you have AFib, and it probably runs in your family according to your family history. And I said. Okay, so when were you going to tell me this? Because I've been telling you about the issues I've been having for the last four years now. And really, honestly, six is the first time I noticed it. It was six years ago, and it didn't yeah. happen for a year and a half. But I told my uncle about it, and he's like, oh, I have no idea what that is. whole time he had been diagnosed with AFib. And he was just like, oh, I didn't think to put two and two together. <laughs> I'm glad my family's a roadmap. Right. This is like the downside of what, Rich, you and I were talking about off air earlier, uh, the, the stoicism of that generation. Mm -hmm. There's just things that you don't talk about. Exactly. Know, they, they, they didn't bring home the war stories from World War II like people did in Vietnam. Yeah, and my uncle's very much a... a he, is, he, he was a man born out of the, in the wrong generation. He would have fit right in with that World War II generation. Yeah. Um, and he's softened up as he's gotten older. Like most people, once once death starts sniffing a little bit closer to your ass, you start realizing, you know, you, especially if you're religious, you got to try to buy your way into heaven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's that Bill Cosby skit? I tell my kids, those people, my parents, are not the people that raised me. Those are old people trying to buy their way into heaven. That's what those people are. <laughs> that is not how they were when I was your age. But... It's just, I don't know, it's, it's frustrating because I, I keep, you know, you hear stories about how wonderful our medical system is and how people from all over the world come here. Then you talk to someone like Todd and he goes down to Peru and he gets fucking what would have been like five figures worth of dental work done for like 700 right. bucks and he's fine. He's perfectly fine. You know, uh, I have a friend, she's in Texas now. She, they, they went over and stayed for like a week in Mexico. She looked into a few uh, 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 medical procedures that w would cost her, literally, out of her pocket, even with insurance, thousands and thousands of dollars. And she looked up the, 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 the ratings and all this, and, and those doctors are just as capable in Mexico as the doctors here, and that dollar goes so much farther. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, right. yeah. what the fuck is going on in this country that we can't even give, that, that Mexico's kicking our ass? Yeah. Well... <laughs> Because there are there's tears to this too. I mean, it's kind of like uh, somebody who is you know maybe independently wealthy or just has great insurance that just covers everything that they need, and they're like, well, of course we have the best medical system. Why wouldn't why would anybody go anywhere else? Like, sure, why would ever, why wouldn't everyone drive a, a a Mercedes or a BMW? You know. Everyone, oh, you're having car problems? Oh, <laughs> you, should, you should have spent $60,000 on your automobile and bought a new one every two years. Exactly. You wouldn't have these problems. Exactly. You know? Like, 
sure, we have great doctors here. We have, this is also where they could make money and live the way that they want to, right? There's a lot of... It's, it's not because of something special that we've bred in our medical system that just produces great doctors. Well, it's, it's These funny. are where the opportunities are. It's funny that this happened when it did because I just watched the latest Roseanne episode and it was called Netflix and Pill. And yeah. it was all about Darlene has no medical insurance. She, she, she has an English degree. She can't get a job writing. She can't even get freelance work. And one of Roseanne's friends is retiring from a local casino, and she's retiring with full health, vision, dental, all this shit, all these benefits. And Dan and Roseanne tell Darlene, you need to go work there. Because she puts the good word in for you, you get the job. And she's like, I don't want to dress up in a, in a, in a, uh, a corset and look like a riverboat, you know, like like a hooker from from Westworld and shit and and serve drinks and they're like you have two kids with no medical coverage you don't understand you've been lucky so far one catastrophe happens it could wipe you out mm-hmm. you got to do what you have to do for your family now the other story in it was Roseanne and her pain pills for her knee which has been like a a, a recurring theme is you know her knee is has has been really messed up and in this episode they come out and they say. Her insurance wants her to pay, I think it was uh, $3,000 for the surgery. Yeah. And they just don't have it. So the doctors keep giving her pain pills. And it comes to come to find out, she's hooked on pain pills. She's buying them, like, from neighbors and shit, you know, and stuff like that. And it wasn't, like, on a very special episode of Roseanne. Right. Nothing was solved at the end of it. Dan finds her stash of pills. He takes them. He goes, look, I'm going to ration out your pills to you. And then call the doctor and make the appointment. We'll find the $3,000. I'm not having a strung-out wife after 45 years of marriage. And at the end of the episode, she goes to get her water bottle or her ice bottle that she puts on her knee, and she opens it up. She pulls out another stash of pills. Right. And it's not played for laughs. Right. And she's just like, <sighs> like a sigh of like, okay, I'm, I still have my holdout stash. It puts yeah. it back on her knee, and then that's the end of the episode. And I'm like... That's about as, it's sitcom-y because it is a sitcom, but that's about right. as realistic of a portrayal of that type of situation because I will tell you right now, I would work a job for what I make right now if they had benefits. Like, I don't even, just give me the, the, the once, once, twice, you know, every couple of years raise, but give me benefits. Because mm-hmm. once you start getting older and once you... Okay, I've told you this before, Chris. Once you start going to the doctor and they start finding shit wrong with you, it ain't never going to end until you go into that pie and box, buddy. That's just the truth. Oh, fuck no, dude. My parents at this point, they're both 171, 170. It is downright comical the amount of shit they have to take every morning. Yeah. That, they're, that their doctors have them on. Yeah, I mean, I was 37 at one point. I was taking four different medications in the morning. Uh, two of the same medications at lunch, and then another night dosage plus a new medication at night. And I and I looked at my doctor. And I'm like, "Can we? Is there any way we can like lower this? I'm not comfortable being on all this shit." Like, because the other part is is all the liver damage. I mean, my my dad's in liver failure. He's been in liver failure for like three years, and they're telling him it's because he gained and lost so much weight in his adult life. 
And I think that's bullshit because he also found out. I want to. I want to say it's a couple of years ago. It was probably like ten because that's how it goes now. The, the time just rolls by. That he took a thyroid pill every day for like twenty years. He didn't need to take. Yeah, you're telling me that didn't do shit to his liver. Well, so you're full of shit. I'm not well, a doctor, but come on now. Well, I have a buddy who I cannot remember the medication exactly, but after years of being on it, and it, his teeth were horrible. I mean, absolutely horrible, like rotting out of his face. And this is America, so we always assume the worst about somebody. If you see someone with horrible teeth, you just automatically assume they never brush their teeth. Oh. Like, oh, they're British. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind that's of a, a, a method. As someone who's been to many rural parts of the country, uh, math, these first thing comes to my mind. <laughs> yeah, so in other words, it's their fault. Right. Well, it turns out that, it turns out that, this medication he was on, it like it speeds up tooth decay, and there was like a class action lawsuit because the me- the, the the pharmaceutical company hid this from from everybody, and doctors wow. were in no big hurry to connect the dots and see that this leads to that because they were getting paid well by the pharmaceutical companies to push this medication, and as long as everybody was making money, it didn't matter. Everybody's teeth were falling out their fucking head. Right, and, and he's luckily a- I know a dentist. That I can recommend you to. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And I mean, I've I've seen it. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the kids I grew up. I I don't know about you guys, but a lot of the kids I was surrounded by growing up, especially in the <laughs> in the single parent households, um, the boys were were most. Anytime the boys act up, dope them up, give them some. He's hyper. Put him on. Put him on Ritalin. Put him on whatever the fuck. Yeah. Oh, he's depressed. Put him on lithium. Put him on Prozac. We're talking ten-year-old kids. Your brain isn't even fully formed until you're in your what mid twenties, and we're putting them on psychotropic drugs like that. And we wonder why we have now a, a generation of people who fucking like remember the hippies. You know when they, when they made when Jefferson Airplane put out White Rabbit. Yeah. The whole point of the song was you gave us pills all our life growing up, and then you wonder why we take drugs when we get older. Fuck that. That's our generation. That should be our generation's theme song. Because I don't remember fucking hearing stories about kids being on Ritalin and antidepressants well, when my parents were children. No, but I mean, I don't, I don't know that the attitude has, has really changed that, that much. It's just the, the advancement and what... What we feel we can do about it, you know, we we feel like we have drugs that can solve these problems for us. You know, there's a there's a really uh, famous uh, This American Life story about a guy who had a, a lobotomy done to him, right? This uh, there was this doctor who would go <laughs> who would ride around in an old ice cream truck. And literally perform what he thought were these miraculous, uh, what do they call them? Something. Uh, basically, the procedure is he shoves an ice pick up your nose and severs the nerves between the two hemispheres of the brain, and changes the way people think. Sounds like a fucking horror movie. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I, I, now, it's a frontal lobotomy. And they talked to people who had these had the shit done to them, and. One of the guys was describing the story about you know how he got to the place where somebody you know he was a kid when he received this procedure and this was a, you know apparently a good idea to to do this his behavior was so out of control that that was 
what they thought needed to be done. And you know, the, but the behavior he describes is a teenage boy acting out, right? He's got a divorced family. Dad remarries, fights with the with the stepmom. It was actually the stepmom's idea and her insistence that like either that boy gets a lobotomy or I leave. I, I've read enough it's, Grimm's fairy tales to not be shocked. Right. It's always okay. the stepmom. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, now that it's readily available in pill form to control our children, uh, we're more anxious to, to use that as an option. But, I don't know, I think there's, so, there's always been this uh, kind of inbuilt desire to, uh, to hamstring boys into, into a controllable version of them. Themselves. Well, I, I mean, I, I just, I know that it's. Well, now we have Me Too for that instead. <laughs> oh, right. We can just lob back, use the Pound at them and make them go away. Um, no, I mean, look, I understand it's, it's rough being a single parent, but I also understand that your kid is not a chemistry experiment. Mm-hmm. These things should be absolute last resort. Th- this should not be the first line of offense in changing a behavior is let's drug these kids up and especially when you're putting kids on shit that they hesitate to put adults on these days and I don't understand a lot of it comes from we we really didn't know the long-term effects of of certain drugs and stuff I mean guys what it's only a couple hundred years ago that if you were depressed they drill a hole in your head to let the demons out that's right, that's right. I mean well, watch a movie about the Civil War <laughs> there's no antiseptic nothing's clean they're just sawing people legs and arms off and they're like here's some whiskey yeah that'll help kill the pain no they, they what there was a story recently where they were talking about these skulls that they found well they found the whole skeleton but they were talking specifically about the skulls and i mean this was uh i don't know like a couple hundred years ago from when this this body died and they found all these like dime-sized holes around the skull and they couldn't figure out I mean it wasn't like an entry wound or anything like that like it was a precisely drilled hole in the head <laughs> like this was it had to have been for some like quote unquote medical procedure it, you know that reminds me you remember the old HBO show I think it only lasted for two or three seasons called Rome yeah I uh, I love that show. <laughs> okay, I never made it past the first couple episodes because one of the guys, when he had the head injury and he had his brain was swel- swelled, yeah. they're like, we have to relieve the pressure. And so they strapped him to a table while he's wide awake yep. and grabbed a fucking, like, like a crank drill and started going into his head. And I was like, <laughs> I tap out, it. I'm done. <laughs> I, like, I can watch a lot of shit, but... It, it, I, I, when, I had, when I had hernia surgery, I woke up during it. Yeah, I didn't feel any oh pain. Oh my god! You're, you're but I was terrified. My nightmare. Yeah, ex- god damn. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, there was a movie that was came it, out. Wait, were you like paralyzed, like aware but couldn't move for speak, or you were just like, "Hey, I'm awake over here." I, I, they, this is exactly what happened. They wheeled me in, uh-huh. and I, I wasn't strapped down or nothing. Right. They said count back you're from your ass out. Count back from hundred, yeah. and I remember getting to like ninety-eight. Right. Ninety-seven. Yep. Because he got the good shit. Boom. And then all of a sudden, I open my eyes, and I can hear sounds, and I'm seeing things, and I'm... Uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard, because I was looking straight up. I wasn't talking to Mike. And I'm looking straight up, and all of a sudden, I just see a head lean over, 
uh-huh. and eyes widen, and they got a, a mask on, and then I was back out. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, Did you hear the words? Oh, shit. Uh, no, but I wasn't exactly, uh, what do you call it? Um, I couldn't, I could hear noises, but I couldn't make out what they were. I'm pretty sure it sounded like a typical operating room, like, you know, a monitor of some sort. But I, it was, it was like waking up. You woke up in time to hear the doctor say, I've seen hairy balls before. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. We can, hey, come over here and take a look at it. Grab the camera. <laughs> But yeah, and then and then I, I woke up in the rec- in the recovery room because it was ambulatory surgery. I, I went in at like five in the morning, and I was out by like four in the afternoon. And I'm sitting there, and they come in, they go, "What's your pain level?" I'm like I don't know, like seven. They're like, "Okay," and she stuck something in my IV, and I rolled my head over to the side, and I looked at the clock on the wall, and I swear to God, it felt like I I just closed my eyes and I opened them up. But 45 minutes went by, and I was like, I was just on the nod. <laughs> That's what a nod feels like. Holy shit. And, you know, I, I told the doctor. Can I get some of this to go? <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the problem. Just put I was in a, my jello. I was in a ring that somebody just came in and stole my IV. I, was I in don't a band, know what happened. I was in a I band with a drummer who, who was hooked through the bag at that point, and he was skin popping. So I knew where to go get the shit, at least some form of it, a version of it. But I liked it too much, and that's why I've never touched that shit. But when I told yeah. the doctor what happened, he goes, I, I, you know, and he was very, and once again, why I told the surgeon, he ain't going to admit to shit. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's what you have an anesthesiologist for. Right. That's not, a, that's not his job. His job is to open me up, fix the hernia, close me up, get me on my way. And... His attitude was like, I don't, I don't know anything about that. Like it's crazy. I don't know. I'm like, like you weren't in the fucking room, <laughs> seriously. And it's just, yeah. I think the but, moral of the story, Rich, is always say seven. <laughs> <laughs> seven or higher. <laughs> well, and the other thing, I well, this is, I don't know if you guys have ever ran into this. I run into this dentist when I. Of the very rare trip I go that I can afford to. I broke a tooth at the gum line and it got infected. My face swelled up and then it, like the, the pus sack burst. Uh-huh. So I spent an hour spitting out bloody pus. It was draining from this like up here. Yeah. And once that was done, I said I should probably go to the, to the doctor. Oh, right. Went to the emergency room and they start talking about the triangle of death. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, this right here, between your ears to your throat, to your nose, anything in here gets infected and it goes to up here to your head, to your brain. Yeah, that's it. Lights out. I'm like, well, that's good to know. So what do I do? And they're like, you need to see a dentist like tomorrow. Now that that infection's gone, we're gonna give you a prescription for antibiotics so it doesn't come back. But you need to get that tooth removed. So I went in, and it was broke off at the gum line, and the root split when he was trying to pull it out. So he's pulling it out in chunks. And he sews me up, tells me not to drink through a straw or else I'll collapse the blood clot and get dry socket and all this shit. Yep. And I'm like, I've heard about dental surgery. I'm about to get the good drugs. This <laughs> motherfucker hands me a prescription for ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah. And I said, ibuprofen? And this is what he did. Oh, dude, really? Big tough guy like you? You can't, <laughs> oh, are you in pain? And I'm like... 
play to that toxic masculinity. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Give me the fucking prescription for ibuprofen. Like literally, my ex-wife goes in, gets gets two veneers on her front teeth, and they give her fucking uh, oxy. I'm like, you're shitting me. <laughs> Did you blow the doctor? And she's like, no. So you don't you don't have those jugs that she has. <laughs> Double D's get you OCs. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly how that works. <laughs> but I mean, it's just like Jesus Christ. So yeah, it. I know that. In theory, they're supposed to treat everybody equally while at the same time treating each patient on an individual basis. But gun to these fucking people in the, in the medical profession's head, I'm guaranteeing you if you could get the truth out of them somehow, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, we look at a guy like you and you know, read your medical history and shit and you walked around with a broken leg for six weeks and you never even went and saw a doctor. You'll be fine. And then they see someone like my ex-wife, and they're like, oh. Because this one, she, she was much younger. She was much more, boy, I hope she's not listening. It's felt. Firm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, eh, oh, this little frail thing. We can't have her in pain. But, yeah, it's good times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if you're in Iraq, come to America. You'll love our medical, the quality of our medical service. If you're in Canada, stay where the fuck you're at. You're fine. Trust me. All right, so anything else on the on the docket? Another nice little morbid bow to put on the show. <laughs> I was trying a black to bow. Of, I was trying it's to think of something crossbones on it. I was trying to think of something light and short to go out on. Oh, I know. What the lady that called the cops? I believe it was in Oakland, California. Uh, and the ones barbecue and the black people barbecuing. Yes. <laughs> the, the and all the memes that have come out of that. Have you seen them? Was she was she the same woman that put on the Is goggles? That the chick on the cell phone. Yes. That meeting. Yes. <laughs> they have, okay. they have her over like. Oh. They put her over the the. the, the I have it. They they have Martin Luther King giving his I have a dream speech, and she's on the phone. <laughs> they have her behind they the, the Obamas leaving the White House on their last day. She was on the phone. phone. They had her yeah. in the Soul Train dance line. She was on the phone. Um. The one that I that I just saw today that I posted, they had uh, it's her on the phone, and you see Hank Hill in the background going, "That's right, girl, you tell him, propane and propane accessories only." <laughs> there, what was the issue anyway? That they were they were barbecuing in a public park, and she said you can't do that, and that's ex- what these these are public parks that have barbecue grills in them. If you can't barbecue, what the fuck are the grills doing there for then? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, I don't know the rules of this particular park. Apparently, not as well as she does. But well, isn't this something that goes down at most parks? Yes, yes. It's, yes. it's even a, with white people. Yes, I was gonna say Eddie Griffin had a whole fucking bit about. And when Tiger Woods was coming up, he's like, "Now we got young brothers out there playing golf." And when the brothers get out there playing golf, you know what that means. Us brothers see that much green, we're going to start barbecuing. I mean, it was just like, you know, all right. Yeah, that's what that's what you do when you're at a park. What the fuck is the point of it? I think it was like a family reunion. It's a park in Oakland? Come on now. Oh, and yeah, yeah. But I thought the memes were funny, and then I, I, I started reading up on it, and she's apparently being called Barbecue Becky now online. <laughs> 
And wait, is her name Becky, or are they just referring to her as a Becky? No, her name's okay. not Becky. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. And Becky is a, for 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 people that don't know is uh, is a uh, basically a, a way to goof on a what would you call it basic white woman. It's like, uh, yeah, like I guess. stereotypical white woman. Right. Which I was excited. I'm like, oh, so we can now make fun of people and and attach stereotypical names based on their race. Good. Next time <laughs> I get the white rich. Only See, I was gonna say next time I get stiffed on a tip at work, I'm gonna be like, "What up, stiff Quisha? <laughs> you, you, you can't break me off a buck to come out here, really?" But no, I know, I know. I see. I forget that you know, for whatever reason, this river, you know, or not river, but uh, this only flows one way. It doesn't. It doesn't go both ways on a lot of the things. But, but I mean, I have to admit, it is petty shit. And then she started crying, which made it worse. And it's like, bitch, what are you crying? Like when the cops got there, and I guess they were like, we can't do anything. She starts crying. What are you crying about? Seriously. Leave, leave the park. Go home. Exactly. Or, or go to another park. Exactly. It's the Bay Area. There's fucking tons of them. <laughs> I mean, this is the type of shit that's like... <sighs> yeah, but the black people are everywhere. Okay. You know how I always say I, I didn't get a vote? Stupid I, civil war I, on on shit that happened, like that, like 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 to say someone's a homosexual now is almost like calling them a fag, and I'm like, when did that happen? I don't remember voting on that. Can we take a vote right now on behalf of the white race and vote this bitch out of it? <laughs> like barbecue Becky, you're out of the white race. I don't know what the fuck you are. You and uh, uh, the, the the redhead white white girl with freckles who thinks she's black and uh, Sean King, Mr. Talcum X, can go hang out in your non-binary whatever fucking racial shit you are. But she ain't white no more because this is just nonsense. Hey, hey, speaking of which, have, have, have any of you seen the Rachel Divide yet? No, because I, my blood pressure is good and I want to keep it that way. Uh, what, Mandy watched the, it. What's the Rachel it, Divide? It's uh, two hours of Rachel Dolezal saying, poor me. It's a two-hour pity party. Oh, Jesus. What is it, like a, a, it's a, a documentary, documentary or something, or what? Yes, it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix documentary, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had a person at work, because I, I make no bones about it. I'm like, that's, that's basically 21st century blackface is what she did. And the past that she gets from white people, I know like the discussions I've had with a lot of a lot of a lot of my black friends, black people just in general about it, they're like, Man, fuck that bitch. Oh yeah. It, it, it turns into the Paul Mooney joke. Everybody wants to be black until the cops show up. That's exactly what it was. Well, it's too it there's uh it, ten minutes into it. It nailed it for me. I was done. I put my headphones in because, yeah, like you, Rich, I was like, yeah, my blood pressure can't take watching this whole thing. Like, I, I you know, I saw bits and pieces of it, but 10 minutes into it, there were two, uh, two people that were from the NAACP in Spokane that pretty much nailed how I feel about it. It's not the fact that she's like, I'm a white chick and, you know, I'm bringing up this crazy term, transracial and all this. It's about, and it's too bad Todd's not here. It's about authenticity. Every word that comes out of her mouth is now suspect. Well, and, yeah. that, and, that, and that's and that's really the point that these people were were railing on. Like, you know, she she did black people in Spokane more harm than good. Somebody put barbecue Becky with Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> Says hello, police. Oh, on second thought, false alarm. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there she is in front of Martin Luther King. <laughs> 
fucking Black Panther and uh, all of Wakanda. <laughs> oh yeah, and in, Soul Train. They they got her. One of them. She's wearing uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, and you ju- and it and it just says Million Man March, and half of them are turning into dust, like from the Avengers. <laughs> I'm just like, damn. <laughs> but no, I look. When we were growing up, didn't we goof on people who were like, "Yo, what up, homie? I'm a, I'm a black man trapped in a white man's body." They made a whole fucking movie called White Boys about it, goofing on these people. Uh, uh, Malibu's most wanted. Malibu's most wanted. Yeah, they, dude, that, I went to high school with all those fuckheads, dude. That was every white dude in my high school, pretty much. And it was like, you know, I'm I'm so glad that growing up in as, in a, as diverse environment as I did. That I had friends that said, "Don't be that guy. You're not that guy. Like you're hood, but you don't you, you don't but you don't have to act hood. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to play a character. Because that's what these that's what they said. Stop I went to school, but I went to school with the black people that fed these assholes egos. See, I I went to school with the opposite of what you talked about. Well, I mean, it, it just it it made them proliferate. You're walking around some white." Milky white dude with one pant leg up. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, look I, I'm not going to lie. I did have issues with some, you know, some people had issues with me, so I had I had issues with them. Or beef, as we called it back in the day when dinosaurs roamed the earth in the 90s. But that was just, we were never, those. me and, me and that person were never going to get along in the first place. And it was just, why should I walk around like I had long hair, I wore combat boots, I played guitar. So if I'm walking around trying to be like, "Yo, what up, dog?" I'm gonna look awfully fucking silly. That's just all there is to it. I would be the most confused wigger on earth. Seriously, that's 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 what I would look like. And for whatever reason, this bitch comes out and goes, "I'm a black woman trapped in a white woman's body." And there's just this, just yeah, yeah, that must suck. That's her truth. We have to accept it. What? That must suck. No, that's bullshit. Now, it's... And I've said this plenty of times. What most people think of when you say the term black culture is really not all that different from southern culture. A lot of the same food. We use a lot of the same terms. You know, I grew up. I had, you know, auntie this, auntie that, you know, nana... Mama, all this stuff, and then a lot of my black friends, same thing. You know, they 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 use the same terms. Culture is not all that different. So if you say I identify more with, remember a few years ago when they had, I think it was called the Thanksgiving clapback, started on Black Twitter. All the memes no. about like black families getting together at Thanksgiving. Okay, and. It was like, you know, it was a picture of Kim Kardashian drinking something, and they'll say, you know, hey, hey, uh, Tanya, where's your boyfriend this year? Or, no, no, Tanya, uh, uh, did you lose another job? And it has Kim Kardashian's picture, and it'll be like, I don't know, Auntie so and so, did you lose another husband? You know, that type of shit. Like, and then, you know, the pictures of food and shit, and, and then white people joined in, and it was like, a pitcher of ice. This is too spicy. You know, like, <laughs> and shit like that. I identified more with the with the the black family quote unquote, you know, memes 
mm-hmm. than the white family memes. But in no in no way am I going to walk around and be like, "Well, I'm black." Well, that'd be cultural appropriation now, anyways, Rich. So, well, I mean, that's the thing. Where is and Sean King, his ass. You know, when it comes time to apply for college, he he checks black. When it comes time to, to when he got arrested, you can bet his ass checked Caucasian real fucking quick. Now, which one is it, Talcum X? Well, what are you here? Because you can't have it both ways, and it, it, it just it, it, it's irritating because it's like these people are fucking doing minstrel shows. Why? Why are they not being savaged and ripped apart? Who's the? I, I don't know who Sean King is. If you saw a picture of he's a, he's a social justice warrior, uh, journalist. He's a white guy, but he's got like the lineup and the fade and. He's uh-huh. like he writes for urban magazines and he's yeah he he he's doing his best man looking at the picture of him oh like, yeah he looks like he really wants to be black and he says he's black but then his parents are white and all this nonsense and he's there's there's been arrest records and his college entrance records that have come up and they he claims different things depending on what situation your birth certificate says white your arrest record says black <laughs> <laughs> well i mean but there we go this is this is that slippery slope that the whole choose your gender stuff has brought up because well it doesn't matter what your birth certificate says you we we have gotten to the point where some people will get highly upset if you don't say I was assigned this sex at birth what <coughs> you are fit you are biologically the sex you were born as if gender is, is a social construct, the thing between your legs defines your sex pretty much on a biological level. Right. End of story. When you come out, the doctor doesn't go, so keep the penis or turn this into a vagina. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, and then there's like, you know, how these, these, oh, God. Wait, let's ask the baby. I'm about to, I'm about to culturally appropriate some black folks here. How these tired-ass Instagram Beckys have these gender reveal parties for their, their, their in utero brats and shit. Now it's like, no, 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 that's wrong. You shouldn't have that. And, you know, you, you, that child that child isn't old enough to tell you if it's a boy or a girl yet. Motherfucker, your biology is your biology. Yeah. Period. Until CRISPR comes along and we can start changing strands of DNA, after, like after you've been born, you cannot choose to change biology. It's, in, it's, it's scientifically impossible at this point. Stop with the nonsense. But this is the door it opens because now you got people going, I'm transracial, and you have to accept it. No, the fuck I don't. No, the fuck I don't. And let me tell you something. In neighborhoods I grew up in, you get your ass kicked for doing that. I mean, it's just, I, I, yeah, I can't watch that documentary. There's well, no way. Rich, we, we didn't grow up in the same neighborhood, so you'd have got your ass kicked in mine for doing that. So I, I, think, I think that crosses, at least when we were growing up, that, that, that crossed everything. It's doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in. You do that, you're getting your ass beat. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was it, it's a it's because I I didn't walk around so deep in a character that I was putting on a show that I got shown respect because I had the balls to be myself in a situation where a lot of people would have fucking put on a show and acted like they're something they're they're not. But I was, you know, and maybe this is a toxic masculinity keeps coming up. I was taught you, you respect someone who has the balls to stand up and be different from the crowd. Because usually they're the most interesting people to talk to. Remember, like, a music class, 
in 87 when I was in Florida and they said what's everybody's favorite song and except for me and like maybe four or five other kids everybody said fight for your right to party by the Beastie Boys <laughs> and I had no idea what the term sheeple was but if I did at that point I'd have probably started batting at them like I'm fucking Maynard James Keaton I've been like bah, fucking sheep really no one can think there was a, for them fucking selves really this is everybody's favorite song. The worst Beastie Boys song. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go off of Licensed Ill, which was the only album out at that time, right? Uh, uh, Hold it now, hit it, slow and low. You know, I uh -huh. mean, and there's a, a bunch better songs than Paul Revere for fuck's sake. Everybody yeah. knew the lyrics to Paul Revere, yeah. even if you didn't have the fucking album, you knew the lyrics to Paul Revere. I mean, just but fight for your right. I. I would even accept No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Judges will accept it. I'd take that one. I mean, if you're going to go with the the let, let the Beastie Boys rip off old yeah. Run DMC, that's the better of the two ones where they fucking did their best Run DMC impersonations, <laughs> in my opinion. But yeah, that's I, I don't know. It's just once again, guys. This is why I say I just don't have. I, I I just I'm not built for this world anymore. It's just it's just it's people bullshitting, and it doesn't matter what you do. It's what you say. Your actions mean nothing. If God forbid I use yeah, a term that we were growing up, it was the opposite, wasn't it? That's why I was always no matter taught, what you talked, it was about what you did. If I'd have went into school talking a whole bunch of shit and not backed it up, they, I'd have been known as a bullshitter. Nowadays, that's a that's a now you're brave, brave you stand. You're stunning and brave. Not and remember, guys, it's not their truth. They're speaking this truth. As if there's more than one. Well, this is the I'm I'm speaking to this truth. Okay. Well, what's your birth certificate say? That's the truth. There, there you go. What did What did the doctor say? When you're 40, if you got a finger up your ass, biologically you're a guy. Period. End of story. And that's once again, that's not saying take anyone's rights away. If someone wants to transition, knock yourself out. I was telling Aaron. We were talking about this before the show. The internet's ruined me. Anytime I see a picture on half of the fucking pages I'm a member of on Facebook of a hot chick, I'm waiting for her dick to flop out. Like, I'm just like, okay, what's mm -hmm. the catch here? So I, I, that's the world I live in. I automatically assume if you're a hot chick on the internet, there's a 50-50 chance you're a guy. So I, my horizons have been broadened. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, oh, God. I, I I wish Todd was here for the Rachel Dozel thing. I, I really do. That would that would be interesting for his take on that. You think he would even sit through that documentary, man? Uh, uh no. I sent <laughs> him an article and he's like, I got like five paragraphs in. What did you get out of that article? And I just sent back question. What did I get out of that article? Answer. Not a fucking thing. And he's like. Okay, so I thought I was missing something. I'm like, no, I'm just showing you how, how asinine shit can get. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm quite aware. I'm like, okay. But. Hey, Brendan on Chicks with Dicks. Cool. It's a, prog it's a progressive note to go out on. I mean, I guess, uh, yeah. yeah. Sure, why not? Uh, so, I guess this is just the part where I'll thank everybody for listening. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at UnregimentedPod. You can email the show unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net. Uh, check us out every Saturday. Uh, we're on the, oh, you're supposed to call it Apple Podcasts now. And we're on Google Play, or you just go to ChristopherMedia.net. Uh, check out Rich's new podcast. You gonna plug it again, Rich? And yeah, nighttime discussions with, uh, Ryan Rich. Um, 
But wait a minute, it's not iTunes anymore, it's Apple Podcasts? For the podcast, yes. It's uh, it's it's iTunes yeah. for music. Right. But yeah, it's Apple Podcasts now for like the last six months. Okay. Alright, just checking. Yeah. Whatever Cupertino tells us we're supposed to call it this week. But hey, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.